ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Today, episode number 37, number 37, all right, Joe Lapine, welcome to the studio. Thank you, thank you, it's good to be here. <laughs> oh yeah, I hope you're ready, I hope you are ready, okay? Now, I consider you to be a special guest because I've never met you before you walked in the doors today. Never met you. Of course, I've heard your name, and like I know your family a little bit, but until you walked in that door, I never met you, and those are some of my favorite guests when I don't know them at all, and they just come into the studio, and we just sit down and just shoot the shit for a few hours. Yeah, I, I knew your name, and uh, that's about it, and then I saw you had some of my friends on here, oh, yeah. and I listened to a lot of those, and I thought oh, those yeah. are cool, so oh yeah, it's like... I got to get myself on there. Mm-hmm. Now, I got to ask which one was your favorite. I got to ask. The first one with just Drew, the solo one with Drew was obviously, mm-hmm. that one stuck out. And then also, oh, yeah. obviously Drew with uh, Dawson had me laughing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are, some, those are some good ones. Those are definitely ones for the uh, end of the year highlights. That's for sure. And then especially with like Dawson getting all emotional and crying. Yeah, that- that was yeah, like that was deep. That was a roller coaster. That was deep. Are you gonna start? Are you gonna cry in this one? I don't think so. Uh, I, I I don't think you will either. <laughs> but like I said, uh, very special guest because you know I like when people reach out to me to be on the show. You know I'm a, I spend all my weeks reaching out to different people asking if they want to be on the show. So someone asking to be on is it's very well appreciated. So thank you, sir. Now, yeah, you bet. Hmm. Now I will say that. You reached out to me in the best way because you sent me like a, a resume, basically. <laughs> a resume is why you should be on the show. And that was great because with these people that I have on the show who I don't necessarily know too well, sometimes it can be hard to come up with notes to talk about. So when you sent me that resume and it kind of gave you a quick snapshot of yourself, it was very easy for me to come up with the notes and the questions and asking around and getting all these random things, but... Yeah, it's very helpful. Very helpful. One of the one of the best guests to schedule. I will say that for sure. Now, when did you first get interested in coming on the show? I got I got to ask. When I um, saw my friend, well, obviously the one with Brock and uh, Jake Hogan, mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn, I, I got to be just like them. That'll be cool." And then, uh, obviously, like I I you know was reaching out to you, so I knew that I needed oh, yeah. to. I don't know. I wanted to make a great one, so I gave you a lot of notes. Like, I tried to give you some things about me mm-hmm. that you probably didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. It's much appreciated, too. And also, we better get this shot down before all right. it gets yeah, too warm. Get started. All right. Typical fireball. Cheers, sir, to the podcast. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you a big fan of that fireball? Um, Used to be, but oh, it's yeah. still good. I don't know if we're gonna <laughs> next next. We've we've slowly burned through. When the show first started, I bought a handle of Fireball. For those who don't know, I didn't even know they fucking came in handles. I was like, "Yo, Dad, just give me the the biggest thing of Fireball I got." And I came home with a handle in, and I was like, "Jesus Christ!" I didn't even know they made that thing. And so I, that's what we've just kind of been sipping away at every episode. I don't usually use it for like other events other than the beginning of the episode. So we we burned through a handle, and it's pretty much gone. I can tell you this right now. The next handle we get for shots will probably not be Fireball. And it's definitely not going to be Captain because Captain is... Ugh. I can't take shots of it. I can drink it in a Coke. That's about it. <laughs> hmm. What What are your other things? favorite things to take shots of, though? I need some suggestions. 
You take yeah. shots? Um, I'm not a big shots guy. Um, I know la- or one of the episodes I listened to, you said that you like a lot of mixed drinks, and that's, oh, yeah. that's more up my alley. Because um, mm-hmm. I can handle it like a little bit, like a little hint of it. I can like actually enjoy it. But um, with shots, like I, I'll do them if someone's like, uh-huh. yo, let's do it. And I'll be like, yep, every time. But I won't do it like it won't be my first choice, I'd mm-hmm. say. What's your go-to shot, though? Probably Jim Beam. Jim Beam. Okay. It's just okay. got that flavor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, obviously, I'm not big into shots either. It's just like Fireball and maybe like fucking Pink Whitney or shit like that is all I've taken for shots. So, like, I need to try some more and get a good one because that a lot of guests, when I bring out that Fireball, you can tell they have some PTSD with it. Yeah. They have been, oh, my God. Yeah, for my 21st birthday, mm-hmm. one of my friends, uh, who's in his, like, older 20s, he got me two handles well, him and his best friend that, like, I'm friends with both of them. They both got me two handles of Jim Beam, and I did the calculation. It's about a gallon. Oh so, my. like, when, when people would ask me, like, what I got for my birthday, I said, I got a, about a gallon of Jim Beam. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's still rocking. I haven't got through all of it yet, but it's, and it's when, good stuff. When was your 21st birthday? That was September 23rd. Okay. Are you slowly chipping away at it still? Yeah. Okay. I got to ask, are you like slowly chipping away with it or does it sit there at the same level for a while and then one weekend happens and it jumps down like... <laughs> I'll try to give it away as much as I can. Oh, yeah. And people think I'm like super generous, but I'm just like, no, you're doing me a favor mm-hmm. now, at this point. <laughs> if you listen to this show enough, as you know, as you can see, I'm, start, I'm stacking the handles up slowly down there. And it's like, I just want to burn through these handles so eventually I can fill up that whole row. And I can start working down this way. And eventually this whole place is just handles. And then <sighs> that'd be fun. Have you seen that? Uh, there's something on TikTok where it's it's like the something shot. And they take, they have that like all lined up like on the cupboards. Yeah. And it, they like, they're supposed to all be empty. But they dump them out, like maybe get like a drop or two at a time. They drop it all into a shot. It's like. 30 bottles of oh. different stuff all into one shot. Oh, no. And a dude takes it, and it's just like, it looks like the grossest thing ever because it's like a drop of Jim Beam, like Ugh. a couple of drops of Kessler, and like some UV blue just like left in the bottle for God. however long it was up there. That's the worst idea ever. <laughs> I would never do such Me a neither. thing. Never. I remember I had a little get-together here earlier this year, and... <laughs> For some reason, someone out there decided, hey, let's mix some tequila with some fireball and a truly the worst idea anyone's ever had. It was I swear that person almost threw up. Now, this episode is be re- being recorded two days after the Bucks won. Two days after the Bucks won. Now, did you make any trips to the old Deer District? I did not. You did not? Not for you? No. I heard uh, some horror stories from coworkers, though. Mm-hmm. I heard that uh, some people were there, and there was no access to bathrooms, so people oh, were yeah. just going where they could go. Oh, I bet. Oh, dear God. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't see that, but I could see how that would happen, mm-hmm. especially because I went to uh, game three of the finals, which was the first uh, one at home, and oh, it was so packed, and I can't imagine. I felt so bad for the people at game six, the, the, the game where they won, and... Because there was like 60,000 people outside the stu- outside of the stadium, which is crazy. And I, fe- I felt so bad for the people at like the back. Like, when you, you're watching it from like a mile away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I had a group of friends to go, I would definitely go. So maybe I'm just jealous, so I'm just talking about all the negative stuff that happened. But No, no. It, I went, it seemed like a blast. I went once, 
That was it for me. That was it for me. I just had to, I went to just see it and it was enough. Into a preserve or into the outside? Outside. Oh, okay. Outside. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. No more. No more. That was it for me. I know some of my friends went to like every single one, which that's too crazy. Uh, shout out to uh, Michaela Frickleton because she went to almost all of them. And for the final one, she was in line like for the game, like at three or four. And the game didn't start till eight. So she was like second row deep outside. That's some dedication. Is that during the playoffs? Yes, during the oh, playoffs. Wow. Mm-mm. No thanks. No thanks. I got a job. Now, <laughs> a question I have to ask. All right. I have to ask. Now, I had to include this. I was usually when I invite guests on, I'm usually thinking about questions for like at least a day beforehand. But then what I do is I make these notes about an hour or two before the, the guest comes here. I made these notes about an hour or two before he came here. A lot of them are just spontaneous, you know random things I want to ask. This is the one question that I knew I needed to ask about two days ago. How many Joe Mama jokes have you faced? Because anyone named Joe, I got to ask. Uh, it's honestly not as common as you think because I've gone by Joey mm-hmm. like most of my life up until All right. I went to college. So like through, like my friends here still call me Joey a lot. So mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot. It's of them? not a lot. Like maybe when I meet new people in college, like I introduce myself as uh-huh. Joe, just because I'm past oh, yeah. the Joey point. So, oh yeah, couple like I'd say ten total <laughs> over the course of the past three years. So, all right, that's not bad. No. That's not bad. I, <laughs> it would get annoying though if I was going through that my whole life. Mm-hmm. I get the Jake from State Farm. That's oh. what I get all the time. That's <laughs> all the time. That's Jake from State Farm, especially when you wear khakis. Oh yeah, that's what. For uh, whatever, uh, in high school, that for homecoming, the career day, I dressed up as Jake from State Farm. And some people didn't get the joke, and it was so hard to explain it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, had, a, I had one teacher come up to me, so you want to be an insurance agent? <laughs> no. No. Read a no. book. Yeah, read come a on. book. Come on. Watch, watch some TV. Crying all out. Hmm. I will say, another plus for the studio that you did, you brought your own drinks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, that that doesn't happen too much. I think the last person that did that. Oh God, it's been a while. It was probably was it. Uh, what's his name with the Lincoln Post oh. the banquet? Oh, that that was the most interesting drink I've had brought in. But I think Brock and Jake. I think they brought their own stuff. Good dudes. Good dudes. Good dudes. Good dudes. They they brought their own stuff. But I mean, I like when guests bring their own stuff. But you know what's uh. I really like when people drink on this show. That's what keeps it interesting. I don't like when I'm the only person sitting here drinking. Yeah. That's a little, it's a little out there for me because I have some, I have some people I'm like, Hey, you're coming on the show. Here's my address. And then I go through like, okay, I got this, this, and this. You both can have as much as you want. And they go, Oh, I'm not drinking. I'm like, okay, fine. That's okay. That's okay. But I'm still going to drink. I don't care. Yeah. I, you know, like that's just the person I want to be. I don't want to show up and be like, let's drink. And then, you know, they're like, all right, what'd you bring? Oh, uh, nothing. Like <laughs> that's yeah. just the worst kind of person. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I always show up with stuff. Always, always. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. mm. And I wish so any, any future guests listening, feel free to bring your own stuff, but you know, you know, you can always dig into my stash. We got some handles of captain to burn through. Mm-hmm. I love when guests have captain. That's my go-to. <laughs> uh-huh. Especially Good stuff. 
I'm going to have guests on who don't, don't drink a lot and I hand them a captain. Ooh, those, they start spilling they some stuff. They go down quick. They go down quick. They go down quick, yeah. My that, top, is that like the dirty secret behind the show is you have them like, you know, you know you can get their dirty secrets out if you get that captain. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never really thought about it like that. But at the same time, people often are very, very nervous on the show. A lot of guests come in and they say, hey, I'm very nervous to be on this. And I'm like, okay, well, just have some of this. And I can always tell once they start feeling the rum and cokes and they just, it's like, it's like they open up and I can tell they have so much more fun. So it's like, I don't do it to get them messed up so that they spill their secrets. I do it so that they get more comfortable, but, but that often leads to spilling more secrets. And one of my favorite things to do is get people like into the show. Yeah. Like when people start opening up about shit. Like if you listen to that Jack and Brock episode, at the beginning, you can tell they were kind of reserved, a little nervous to be on the show at the end of like, when we were like over two hours in, they were just spilling it. They didn't care. They just start saying whatever because shit came to their mind. Yeah. Anything. Hmm. What kind of beer did you drink? Did, did you bring, though? I brought Coors Light. Coors Light? Is that your Alms go-to? Blue. Um, usually, Bush Light is my go-to, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of going away from it now because I'm kind of like, I don't know. To me, that tastes like water at this point, Like okay. especially when you've had a few and you have some Bush Light. Like, it just goes down so easy. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to slam them, I'll have Bush Light, but otherwise I'll go to like Coors or like Miller Light or maybe even, uh, I don't know, something heavy and or like a Budweiser or something or Coors Banquet. So it has Ooh, some taste. Coors Banquet, Lincoln Post is here and that, just yeah. licking his lips. That man, I never even heard, heard of Coors Banquet before Lincoln showed up. I'm like, what are, what are those? <laughs> and he just started chugging them. You can taste the, the Rockies in those. Seriously, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's like crisp. And like, it, it's made from some good water. You know it. Like, I, I'm serious. Lincoln could probably back me up. Oh, I guarantee he can. I guarantee. Now, is there, is there a beer that you'll never drink? You'll never see. I'll never see you drinking ever. Maybe something like really fruity. Okay. That, to me, that's just not a you know. But a, I've never had a bad beer though. Like to at the at the point in my life where I've had one though that I thought it was bad, I just didn't appreciate it yet. And then Ooh. since I've been 21, of course, I've, uh, you know, had a few and now I'm um, kind of just, mm-hmm. you can appreciate it when you have a oh, yeah. wider range. Oh, yeah. And as you know, since you've probably heard me say it a few times, as I've said many times on the show, I'm not big into the beers yet. Mm-hmm. I try to make my transition away from the mixed drinks, but I'm like, nah, I always come back to the captain. Oh, yeah. oh Captain Morgan always gets me every time. Yeah. Bro- uh, I don't know. Well, Brock or, you know, he's, he started out, he didn't like beer. He was uh, really big into a lot of, you know, UV and even, like, White Claw for a while. Mm. And then eventually made the transition, and I don't think he's turned back. Oh, yeah, I know my day will come because mm-hmm. it's, it's so much easier to get beer wherever you go. Like, any, any, like, family gathering or anything like that, it's just easier to get beer there instead of, like, oh, I'll take a rum and coke, I'll take a Twisted Tea or a White Claw. Those are kind of a little more rare, and I feel feel weird going out of my way and like asking people to get me that stuff when all they're picking up is beer. It's just weird. But I know I'll make my transition eventually. Mm-hmm. But like you big fan of like craft beer? Yeah. Yeah. Now now I'll appreciate that. Especially mm-hmm. like when I go out to a restaurant, uh, you know, I'll usually get like a spot of cow or you know, I'll usually like I got this like I think it's like um 
It's a Mississippi Mud Pale Ale or something. Ooh. It was really good. So, like, the dark beers, I'm into those now. Mm-hmm. Definitely cannot slam them, though, though, because no. no. your stomach will just get full. And I don't know. I've never done that, but I could just feel it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. like having something super tasteful and then just way too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you threw up from drinking oh. or dry heaved? It's, I know. What's puker. you? You're not a puker? No. You never puked? I, I have, but it's been a long time. And I'm just not that type of person. Like, I'll normally just slam water before I go to bed, and then I'm good. Uh-huh. You know, I know, I know some people oh, yeah. puke, like, every time uh-huh. or or a lot. Just, they're like, I got to fight the hangover. Or, like, I know this is going to hurt in the morning. Oh, so they just puke. And that's just not, I don't know, I don't like that. So I just never. Not about it. No. I can it. hold it in pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a story I'll tell later in this episode about something that happened recently. Oh. Kind of give a little sneak peek to those listening, but I had my first dry heaving slash throwing up experience in a little over a year about four days ago. Wound's still fresh. <laughs> Monday afternoons, I tell you. They're <laughs> different. Oh, yeah. They definitely do. They definitely do. Now, have you always been a beer guy? When did you make that transition to beer? Um, So right away. Right so away? Yeah. Always. Uh, yeah, cause just because it's like... The easiest thing, you know, uh-huh. to yeah. start off with, I'd say, because mm-hmm. if you start off with shots, like it's like kind of really brutal, you know, just for a second. And that, I think that's maybe that's why people do it, because you can get the chaser, obviously. But, and uh, I don't know, the beer was just something that I would never need a chaser. I'd never have to like stop what I'm doing and, you know, grab a chaser in one hand, grab a liquor in another hand and really focus, you know, like I just, that's just not enjoyable, you know. Yeah. No, thank you. All right, we're going to move past the beer. All right. All right. Now, it's quite a bit uncommon, but we have we have quite a bit in common. Now, we're both sons of golf course superintendents. Yes. Both sons of golf course superintendents. Now, <laughs> it means <laughs> there's certain things we can talk about on this show that you, you will understand that pretty much no one else listening will understand. Yes, I yeah. There are some pointers that I want to give out to the golfers out listening to this. That oh yeah, we'll pet get, peeves. Oh yeah, we could talk. I could probably talk about that for three hours straight. Just yes. pet peeves with golfers. Oh my god! Now you're working at Maple Bluff, right? Yes, Maple Bluff. Now it's running at like how many holes is that? Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, it's not private or public. It's private. It's private. Okay, I work at the Stone Country Club. Mm-hmm. Obviously, eighteen holes private. So I feel like. We're about this pretty similar on that. Yes. It's right by Madison, too. It's across the Lake Mendota from the Capitol. And there's a lot of hoity-toity oh. people there. Oh, so, yeah. So, like, I've seen, uh, like, Aaron Rodgers has been there. Ooh. And just maybe twice I've seen him over the years. He's gone with his friend who plays in the PGA. I'm blanking on his name. Mm-hmm. But uh, also there's, like, you know, company owners that come, <laughs> and they're, like, Big, like, major company owners like Damn. Oscar Meyer, like, Damn. one of the owners of that. Oh, we don't get much uh, of that out here. I'll tell you that. It's about the, sa- it's about the, the same members out here all the time. Yeah. Same old guys. Same. Yeah, we get that, too. So, we all get, time. like, the, the hot shots, and then there's, like, most of them are regulars. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have the people that live on the boundaries. And they always have the most to say. So, always. like, you'll be chopping down a tree, and then... uh a person will come up walking their dog and they'll be like, 
why are you chopping that tree down? That used to be my favorite shade spot for my dogs. <laughs> and then you're like, ma'am, or sir, or ma'am, whoever it is, uh-huh. this tree is an ash, and yeah. it is literally oh rotten, and it w- might fall on you one day. And she's like, I, well, I, you should have consulted me in the neighborhood. <laughs> like, you will get that all the time. Oh, my and God. So now when, you know, then they make themselves a target, uh-huh. and then... You just, like, if you're driving up, you see them waving, like, oh, no. Oh, no. So you just drive away, you uh-huh. you know, smile and wave, boys. Smile and smile wave. Smile and wave. That's the beauty That's of it. The, you can wave away your props. I know, like, I'm cruising along, like, I'm, busy. I'm riding on a big mower, I'm getting right in front of the golfers, they're looking at me weird, and I just give them the wave, and mm-hmm. I just go, yeah, oh, go away. That's right. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> but I will say, this, working at a country club has made me hate trees with a passion. I hate trees. I hate golfers. <laughs> I'm a golfer myself a little. Yeah, yeah, same here. You know, I don't hate them, but I, they just, like, mm-hmm. over the years I've just developed, like, the mentality that golfers are kind of a nuisance. Like, they're always in my, yeah. they're, in always. My, they're in my way. Always. Like, I'm trying to yes. work. The worst part about working at a golf course is the golfers. Yeah, they step For up, sure. They step up to the tee. For sure. I'm working, like, uh-huh. go find another hole. Uh-huh. I, I'm totally kidding, but, I, you know, like, when you're, when you're deep in something, like, digging a hole because uh-huh. there's a leak, and it's crucial that you, you know, get it done real quick. And then the golfer's standing up there, and you're like, God damn. Like, just go, go somewhere else. Let me finish it's, this up. It's the worst. And the worst is the, I would say, the members who are also on the board. And, like, oh, yeah. you'll be cutting down a tree, and they'll, they'll come up and be like, hey, we're going to plant a new one now. And, like, um, oh, shit. Not again. No more trees. Cut them all down. I don't, I hate trees. You, in my future, future house, that I own someday that's going to have a yard, just grass, no trees. Fuck trees. Yeah, tree. I, I honestly love trees because we j- we have a lot of old ones, though. Mm-hmm. So we're, we take them down more than we put up. So if oh, we yeah. put up more, I, I think I would not like it. But taking them down is fun because it's like a whole day thing. Mm-hmm. You can use a chainsaw and, you you know, oh, yeah. hauling body, body wood with a Cushman. So that's like a oh, yeah. basically like a tractor with like a tailgate or like a big bed. Mm-hmm. So you just you know hauling that all day, driving back and forth. That's a blast. Oh yeah, I was. <laughs> you are you big uh, Toro fan? You got a like, certain brand you like more? Toro, like Cushman guy. I'm Cushman. John Deere. Yeah, we got all those, but I'd say Cushman. Oh, Toro. Toro. Toro all the way. We got a Toro one, and it's actually, it's got the longest bed, but it doesn't go the fastest. We got like a, th- a three wheel. Cushman. Oh, those are the best. It turns like, you know, like people talk about like 90 degree turn. Uh-huh. I swear to God, it's like a 15 degree turn. Mm-hmm. Like you can just stand there and like rotate, or not, you can sit there and rotate. Like you hit oh, the yeah. gas and it's, since it's only one oh, wheel yeah. in the front, you literally just freaking rotate. Uh-huh. Is it manual too? Yes. Oh, yeah. They those all are manual. The best. I, I That's how it. I learned. Yes, I know. Same here. Manuals. I love manuals now. Others. Just because I learned how to drive them out there. She's like a boss, like shifting gears, out, cruising out over the course. It's mm-hmm. the best. I know. The best. But it's it's so much fun when, like, there's this one long stretch. So we'll be, like, coming down this hill going mm-hmm. super fast. Mm-hmm. And then, you you know, going into lunch, pretty pumped up, oh, yeah. 1230. Oh, yeah. Let's go get, let's uh-huh. go get it, boys. Uh-huh. And you shift into four, and you just cruise. And, and there's no mm-hmm. golfers around. You know, there's a fence right next to you. Just let it rip. Mm-hmm. But... It's bad when you're like, you know, like I said before, the golfers are waiting and you got the Cushman like right there and they're obviously just looking at you. They're waving like, 
you know, just mm-hmm. like get out of the way, you know, waving their glove like I'm about to uh-huh. hit. And you're like, I know, yeah, I'm trying know, to get out of here. And you're on your Cushman trying to like, <laughs> especially my early year, like my first year, second, yeah. I don't remember. But just trying to like get it in gear. You don't know how to do it. She's <laughs> like, I'm trying. It's like making funny noises. You're like, fuck, <laughs> I need to get out of here. And have it's you, embarrassing. Have you been hit by a golf ball yet? Yes. Once. Oh, well, I've been hit once. I've been barely missed once. Oh, yeah. I ha- I've been working at Stone Country Club for five years. Haven't been hit yet. I've had okay. some s- super close calls where, like, I'm riding on a mower, and all of a sudden I see one, like, bounce, like, right past my face. I'm like, whoa. And just, it's crazy. I, I At this point, I'm just like, yeah, I don't even care. Just hit me. Yeah. To, I'll take one. I'll take one. Take one to the chest. Before I started, I heard about a guy that got hit in the head. Mm-hmm. And he, like... And then that's, like, something I had in my head when I was going there. Yeah. Like, when I first started. So I was, like, always kind of careful. Like, when I saw golfers up there, I oh, get yeah. out of the way. Uh-huh. And apparently, like, he got hit in the head, and then he had some other injury shortly after, and then he was gone. And I heard that story, oh, and I was shit. like, man, I got, I got to watch out. <laughs> Where'd you get hit? He, I got hit in the, like, in the thigh. Okay. So I was doing divots. I don't know if you guys do fairway yes. divots. Yes. So it's basically, for your viewers, you uh, go to every single fairway. You have a bucket of sand uh-huh. mixed with seeds mm-hmm. and uh, like grass seeds, and you have a little scoop, and you walk every square yard. Okay. About. We, we don't go that hardcore. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> you just zigzag from the beginning to the end, um, the entire thing, and you fill in every divot that golfers make. Um, sometimes they like put the little divot back, the little mm-hmm. chunk of grass, and sometimes it'll grow back in. Perfect. Sometimes it dies. Sometimes they just let it, you know. They just hit it and leave mm-hmm. a hole. Mm-hmm. So that's when we come in. We just fill oh, yeah. them all in. So I was standing in the middle of the fairway and, uh, you know, just spacing out. You know, you're out yeah. there eight hours walking, walking, uh-huh. walking, bending over, fill, walking, walking, walking. Uh-huh. And uh, I just hear a thud, like, right on my thigh. And I'm like, <laughs> what the? And it, like, starts to sting really bad. I'm like, what was that? And the golf ball, like, bounces, like, in front of me. And then it starts like really hurt, and then I, I like realized what happened, and then it was like a golfer up on the tee, and I was like, "Oh man!" You <laughs> just straight off the tee, and yeah. on the bounce, no, right on the tee, <laughs> like right off, and uh, they didn't yell four or nothing, and I knew they saw me because I looked up right away and saw them, and they were all looking at me as like a group of four. Oh my! They didn't say nothing. I was like about to grab it and just lob it over the fence, but <laughs> I didn't. I just walked away, and then another time. I was like really close to the tee and uh, I walked off and I was just watching them because, you know, like when you're in the middle of something, Mm -hmm. uh, you usually just walk off to the side and like pick up sticks or like look busy Mm -hmm. until they go away. Yep. And uh, they totally shanked it. And I like (laughs) took, I like took a step to like run away, you know, like, oh man, incoming. And I just like jump, like jump away and it goes between my legs. (laughs) And I just, like, I, like, let out, like, a little, like, <laughs> like laugh. Like, <laughs> and uh, I saw them, like, looking at me, and they were, like, kind of pissed. So I just drove away, found something else to do. Uh-huh. And we all looked the same in the uniforms. They don't know who it was yeah. that was laughing at them. Because some, some of them get mad. Like, they got some big bets going or whatever mm-hmm. they got. Mm-hmm. For sure. I've definitely seen that. I remember one time I was uh, mowing fairways, and I was doing my uh, – clean up around the fairways and as i was going i was right near the uh forward tees doing my clean up and this lady just fires away at me 
And I'm talking like I'm like 50 yards from the tee. And she just boom, hits. I'm like, whoa. And my cleanup, I just ex- I. I had to like kind. Of, I kind of like ducked out of the way but when scalped I it. when I ducked. I <laughs> turned the wheel a little bit, just scalped the shit out of the first cut, <laughs> just tore it up. Scalping, like for you listeners that have never worked, like it's it's a big deal. Like mm-hmm. the people that work at the golf course, like you're like super meticulous, and you see yes. like when you scalp, it's a different kind of grass on the outside. Uh huh. Like it's way it's way shorter on the fairway, and then you go into the collar, then the rough. And if you cut into that, you cut it at the, the length of the fairway, it will freaking die. And it's going to be like that for weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you obviously had an excuse, but we've had people that will just straight up just like lose their mind and then like lose control of the machine. Like yeah. they accidentally throttle up and they just go. <laughs> and it just looks horrible for weeks. There's members like, what the heck happened on all 13? Oh, oh my God. What happened out there? And then you get questions every day. What happened out every there? Every day. By every, they never talk. That's the only thing they talk about. Oh, my God. <laughs> me and my good friend has also been on the show, Brady Estervig. He works with me. And uh, our big jobs have been, so at the, at the country club, many, many years ago, the board had a meeting, and they were like, hey, we should expand... Uh, 10 and 18 green we should expand these greens back to the size they were many years ago the worst idea anyone's ever had and then like so they, they tried they tried to market to expand it and my dad told them it wasn't a good idea <laughs> he told them it wasn't a good idea and like when they were trying to expand it they were marking where they were gonna expand it to and on one of the holes they were marking it, and my dad's like, it did not expand this far because there's a sprinkler head right there, and we're beyond that. They're like, nah, screw it. Just expand it. So me and Brady have been working for five years because when they expanded it, the spots they expanded in were covered in shade, and they just the grass just won't live. It just won't. So for the last five years, I've been doing plugs and sod just replacing, replacing, replacing that entire area. So for five years, me and Brady have been working out there, and every time those golfers come through, they're like, what are you doing back there? <laughs> replacing that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Replacing, replacing the back of the green, just, it won't live, I don't know. I've had that same conversation a hundred times. A yeah. hundred times. Every, it, the same golfers, I see them like every week. They'll pull up and be like, hey, what you doing back there? Dear God, the golfers are the worst, I swear. Before I say anything like super bad about the golf, you know, the golfers, like they're mostly very, very appreciative. Mm -hmm. They'll go up, they'll like say, you know, for every one that complains about a tree being taken down or for every one that hits me Uh or barely hits me or whatever, um, there's like a hundred that'll always come and be like, that looks awesome. They'll just go on their merry way. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're only talking about the Definitely. bad. We're talking about only the bad ones. There's, most of the golfers out there are really nice. Yes. Very nice. And I see the same golfers all the time. We wave to them like I've talked to a bunch of them. There's one guy he always always offers to buy me beer, but then he's like, yeah, he says, nah, your boss wouldn't like that. I'm like, he would be fine with it. You <laughs> wouldn't be, he wouldn't believe it. <laughs> You're like driving up next to him. Are you sure? Please. You sure? Please. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, one of ours uh, always comes out like really early in the morning. Like his record mm-hmm. for being out on the course is four thirty in the morning. He'll be out putting with like ten balls. So he'll just walk up to each ball, try to put it in. Next one, mm-hmm. 
He uh, he always messes up our schedule though. You know, oh, yeah. you got a very strict morning schedule. You got to mow, you know, the tees greens, like mm-hmm. set up mm-hmm. all this stuff, mow the traps. It's very like routine based, and he'll always golf really early and kind of throw a wrench in our whole thing because we're always trying to play around him or work around him. And uh, you know that kind of you know obviously it messes up our uh-huh. thing. So he always gives out candy. And, like, now his thing is, like, nutrition bars. So, he like, give us, like, protein bars. Ooh. Like, all the crew that he, like, passes by, he'll just toss it out. He's a great dude. Hell, yeah. So Now, I got to ask, what time is your course? What time do you start in the morning? So, it's it depends on, like, the winter and the okay. spring. Yeah. Right now, in the, the thick of the summer, uh-huh. it's uh, 6. That's, like, the okay. go. Um, okay. Yeah. So get up at 5, you know. Mm-hmm. Leave the house yeah. by five thirty. There it's yeah. at the country club here. It's uh, six or seven. Yeah, mostly seven. Which I always hear that's pretty late for courses. I I hear of all these other courses who are starting like five every day. Yeah, which is no. Nothing. We'll do that some days. Yeah, some sometimes, rarely. A if, busy day. If there's like a shotgun, so that means like there's a golfer on literally every tee at a certain time. Like that'll mm-hmm. just be like a big event. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Then they'll definitely. We'll have to get literally every single thing done. So oh, yeah. How long have you been working there again? Since I was 15, so 15? about seven years. Oh, yeah. yeah I first started because I wanted to save up for a car. And, uh, Did you got get that, that car? car? Yeah. What and, car uh, was it? It was a Ford Escape. Oh. Mm-hmm. Green. That was your dream, the green Ford Escape? Yeah. It, <laughs> I like it. It's like the perfect like little balance between uh-huh. uh, like MPG and also being a little bit rugged. So it's definitely not a truck. But it's definitely not oh, a little yeah. Prius, so. Oh, for sure. No, I got to ask, are your tan lines as bad as mine get? Yeah. Oh, they're the worst mm-hmm. tan lines. I've just gone to wearing, uh, like, work pants now. Uh-huh. So I'll just be a little bit, like, more pale. But I won't have that, like, sock line or boot line that I used to have. I got the permanent white socks going right now. <laughs> I swear. it. I My tan lines are the worst. And then I go out on the lake with the family. Oh, I look just like paper white on my <laughs> chest and then my hands and stuff are like just fried. I'll I'll roll my sleeves now and I unbutton my shirt. So mm. now it looks like I'm, I'm wearing a, like when I take my shirt off, I'm wearing like a wife beater with a V-neck. So that's like the Ooh. most advanced I've gone. Mm-hmm. So, but if I have my sleeves down, it's just like your forearm is completely tan, like super dark. Oh, and oh then yeah. the rest just white. Yep. Yep. And then, my, the course here is pretty laid back. We don't have to wear college shirts. Like, it's all just, like, regular T-shirts. Okay. It's very nice. Yeah. Very nice. But some of the guys, like, like I remember back in the day, Jake Lenz and, like, Jack Nelson, them cut off their sleeves, and the golfers were like, no, no, no. Just cut them off right at the sleeve. <laughs> and it was all, like, torn up and stuff. Oh, man. <laughs> golfers did not appreciate that at mm. all. Now, you like your grounds crew? Your grounds crew yes. members? Oh, yeah. They're great guys. Um, huh. Learned a lot. Of, you know, the core, like, full-time guys have been there since I started. But a lot of the, you know, seasonal, the, the high school, college, they've all cycled out, like, probably twice, like, two yep. full-times since I've been there. Mm-hmm. So I've seen, you know, wh- when I went in, there's people my age, people above. You know, they all move on. And then mm-hmm. there's a new set. Exactly. And move on, new set, move on. Exactly. So now we're in this set, this uh, time period where it's a bunch of young people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm training them on a lot of different things. Wow, they—it's funny. You see the same mistakes happening over uh-huh. and over. And uh, some of them like are very receptive. Some are not. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, just today, like I was just 
breaking a trap with a guy and uh you know he's a really good person like he was like listening to everything i was saying and all of a sudden he's like hey wait a minute i got sap in my hair and i was like <laughs> what <laughs> like, that's like the first time i've ever heard that and he like lifts up his hat like we wear like baseball caps uh-huh, yeah and he had it like right on the top of his head and all his hair is clumped together <laughs> what and then i was like i got no clue man and then he just puts it back on and we keep breaking and never talk about it again what uh, it's just so it's so weird i don't know yeah. if it happened the day before and you didn't re- like realize it till today but he had to have like taken his hat uh-huh. off and rubbed his head uh-huh. against a pine tree yeah oh my god but the grounds crew kind of becomes like family after a while they like become like your best friends yeah basically so we yeah there's people that uh like one of our guys um has a boat and he comes out on Keegan's all the time he'll stop by our house and uh you know another guy lives in Stoughton we'll see him you know, a couple times a year we'll go to his mm-hmm. parties as a family and um yeah, they become like your family. Yes, exactly. Now the how that's how I met Drew Paceold. I met him on the course. Mm-hmm. Started when I was fifteen, he was sixteen. I had never met him before that. We had nothing in common pretty much. And then all of a sudden now we're like best friends. And then that's how I met like Jake Lenz. Back then I was working with like Jacob Krantz. Oh yeah. Chad Clark, Ethan Ebert, Mitch Fuller, all those guys. Yeah. That was the crew that I was working with. Again. It raised me pretty much. There's a lot of people that have came to uh, work at our course. So I think the first one was Aiden McGee and then Luke Geister-Jones. And then uh, nice. Mitchell um, Linerud, David Graffine. Ooh. And uh may have been some others that I'm forgetting. But Hell yeah. I got some funny stories. Oh. Like, I, I don't want to say who did it. but Yes, let's hear it. So one time. Uh, all right. So <laughs> we were all on our way into lunch. So all the young guys usually take lunch at the same time. The older crew, like the full-time guys, they just hammer through and just get her done all day. Yeah. So that's like what, what I kind of do now. Like I, I'm like, you know, the, I get, like I ride home with my dad. So okay, yeah. I realize like the earlier we get shit done, the earlier we go home. So I just skip lunch now. But anyway, back then we would all take lunch and we all ran in, you know, just like, yeah, into the yep, shop. Yeah. We don't usually do that, but uh-huh. We were excited for lunch that day, and uh, we see this cart parked up against the door to the, like, break room. Mm-hmm. It's got a dented-in cover. So, you know, like, there's, like, this rain cover on all these, like, carts. Yeah. It's dented like a V. Uh-huh. Like, somebody straight up took a sledgehammer and just smacked it right on the top. <laughs> and it has a note. It's like, whoever did this needs to report to the staff ASAP. This is grounds for termination. <laughs> you better come yeah that's pretty much Something what it's like, like. That, yeah and we we're all like whoa like that <laughs> that stuff normally never happens because our yeah. mechanic is like really yeah. adamant about if you break something like come and tell us and you know like i've broken things before and they'll just be like oh you know they'll give you shit right away and mm-hmm. then it's like it never happened mm-hmm. um so then yeah, we we're like whoa and then <laughs> one of the guys like that i was with riding in with we were working on the same project he's like oh shit I'm screwed. <laughs> he like goes to the assistant and he's goes and tells him about it. But apparently, uh, the story goes, he was driving around picking up sticks. Cause we got this thing called stick patrol. Yeah. And you just drive around every like little corner of the course and pick up sticks. Uh-huh. And he's driving under this big pine tree with all the, or I don't know what kind of, pine, what kind of tree it was, but he runs under with his, like his car going full speed and he hits like a branch. 
and it just dents in like, and then he gets like stuck and he's like trying to back out. <laughs> he's like pinned between the, the branch and the ground now because he's going <laughs> in, he wedged himself in there and then he eventually gets himself out and then he keeps going on stick patrol because he's like, I can still go. Uh, and then he drives into the shop and his excuse was, I, I was passing by, you know, all these people, nobody said anything. You know, so I figured it was okay. Like, <laughs> no one stopped me and said, hey, like, you got to fix that. So I just, like, put it back into the car building. And then, uh, you know, I figured it'd be okay. Like, it's still riding. <laughs> so, yeah, he, di- he didn't, did not get terminated for that. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was a no. definite shocker. I can't remember. System. I can't remember if I talked about this with uh, Jake Lenz in this episode, but the nickname he got in the first uh, his first few days of work was Crash <laughs> because <laughs> in his first day, he took one of the uh, carts and ran full speed into like a, a cement, like one of those T-signs, like a, like a cement slab. <laughs> he ran full speed into <laughs> one of those and just fucked up the cart. Uh, full speed. Full speed. Damn. He got the name Crash, nickname Crash. And then... God, I'm trying to remember. I think I know that Drew Paisold earlier this year he was loading fertilizer into a cart and accidentally threw a bag on the gas pedal <laughs> and Holy it shit. just took off and crashed into a tree. I heard a story. There was these guys that were up so like by our uh, like clubhouse, mm-hmm. like the parking lot is on a big slope. So people or some workers were up there and they're loading this wood and they throw it in the back of the cart but it like goes over the seat and goes down and hits the accelerator and it starts like flying down and it like goes in between like the gap between like the cars that are parked, like down the, like the center, like way it's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And it nails like this pre or this uh, BMW and it puts a dent in it (laughs) really bad because they drive some nice cars. Uh huh. Oh yeah. I remember one time, me and Brady Estervig were up in the Country Club parking lot. I think we were, I forget, it was back when we were uh, building the new practice screen. And for some reason, we had loaded like a bunch of uh, dirt or gravel into a workman. And as we were going to pull away, Brady accidentally drops the clutch. And I just see nothing but pure panic as we're like, like a few yards away from this really nice like Cadillac. And he's sitting there, he drops the clutch, the thing just jumps forward, and he just, like, whips the wheel around as fast as he can, like, misses it by a few inches. <laughs> I've never seen that man more scared in my entire life. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah, the course is fucking amazing. Now, are there, my sister wants to work on the ground screw at the country club. Has your sister ever wanted to work? No. No? Oh, well, she's actually done, like, a little bit of work. So, like, when my mom was working... And then my dad was in charge of us, and he had to pick her up. Like, she'd come and, you know, plant some flowers, like, for free, pretty much. Oh, yeah. um, you know, but beyond that, like, my dad would just tell her, like, yeah, if you're a cart girl, uh-huh. you will get harassed like no other. Like, we got, like, we will, like, be driving by, you know, give them a little wave. Yeah. And then we see all the, like, just, they're surrounded by all these old, like, golfers, and uh-huh. they'll be, like, grabbing her arm. Well, not like that, but, like, yeah. like thank you for the drink. They'll, like, you know, yeah. pat her on the back. And yeah. You know, be looking at her like real close. Tell you right now, if I was a girl, I'd be a Bev Car girl so fast, <laughs> so fast. That's what I do. You what? You want them like all over you? If no, but the money. Oh uh, yeah, I know that's what they always say, but it's it seems so bad. I know it seems bad, but I take it like a champ. 
<laughs> I tell like you that. I take it. Like they a champ. they do seem like they take it like a champ. Uh huh. They just keep smiling and pouring it, and they're like, "Yep, money mm-hmm. in my book or money in my bank account." Oh yeah, but yeah. it just seems gross. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how my sister is gonna work on the grounds crew. That's what she wants to do. She wants to work on the grounds crew with all the guys. Okay, that's good then. It's it's gonna be a little crazy because. She's not anything like us guys. She's gonna get a, a big awakening yeah. when that happens. No, oh my god. Yeah, in the break room, it's not always PC. But no, it's yeah. not. Definitely not. Yeah. But we usually, you know, we got some girls on the ground, you know, that that are working, and um, yeah, we'll definitely like tone it way down, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've never had a girl on the grounds crew or at work yeah. ever, <laughs> never. We've usually had at least one or two, and. Um, they're really good workers, and we all like come together as a team and get it get it done. Like they're not the outsiders, you know. It's not like we're like all having a conversation and then they walk in and we're dead silent. Oh yeah, and then we're like, like giving her the eye, like get out of here. But you know, like we're all supporting each other and stuff, so it's mm-hmm. a good environment. Oh yeah, no, I've <laughs> my sister is not going to blend in at all. There, she's <laughs> not like any of the people at all. Now, are there any interesting characters like at your? Grounds crew, yeah. any real interesting characters? There yeah. always are. There is one very interesting character. He's uh, an older man. Well, not like an older, older man, but I'd say like 50s, 40. No, definitely 40s. And um, he has gone through a lot of things in his life. So okay. he was originally from Oregon. and uh, Or actually, no, I take that back. State of Washington. Okay. Seattle. He was a minor league baseball player. And during that time, he... I don't know, he just played minor league baseball and he was going to a chiropractic school, mm-hmm. learned to be a chiropractor. He went through all that, decided that's not what he wanted to do, moved to Seattle, became a DJ for a long oh. time, was involved with a lot of uh, shady things, didn't get paid in mm. money, but got paid in other ways. Okay. <laughs> and he was just partying it up. And then uh, he had this, he had a baby with a girl in the military who's like very high ranked like uh, like it's just Damn. like a wild story and then he worked for like this top notch like golf course in Seattle and uh, became like a master operator like he's a freaking wizard <laughs> on the like fairway like oh my like Malone, god like he's just like lasers, lasers. yes yeah, lasers wow. no like he and he'll be honest too like if you mess him up he'll be all over you uh well not all over you but he has like the knowledge so then he uh his wife moved to the Madison area, and then he, you know, they had a baby, and he uh-huh. packed up all his things, moved over here too, and they're not together anymore. But oh he was just wanted to be around his kids, so he's got some great like morals, you know, to follow oh, yeah. his kid all the way across the country. And uh, so yeah, he's been with us for a few years now, and mm-hmm. he's just a cr- like a friggin' wizard out there. Oh, like, <laughs> oh my god, like he just knows what he's doing all the time. He's locked uh-huh. in sunglasses. All the like, it's just Ooh. like just you. If you look at him, it's just so intense when he's <laughs> when he's doing his job. <laughs> like I'm, my God! Now, one guy we have at uh, course here, not as no Valorant as that guy, <laughs> but he uh, he's uh got to be like late thirties, and his big thing is that his name is Bill, and he's huge into weed. That's his thing. It's just weed. That's all it is. And he's worked. He worked at the grounds crew when he was like in high school. Then he left to go to college. But then he came back. Now he just rides. Just mowers. like you, right? Yeah, just like me. Hell just yeah. like me, exactly. But now he's he just rides mowers all day. 
he's like my sidewinding like around uh going around like traps and the greens and stuff mm-hmm. and he <laughs> he's such a character because his whole life pretty much revolves around weed that's it and like right now this upcoming week he's making his uh usually like the trip he usually makes three times a year which is he drives down to Colorado, buys as much weed as he possibly can in like a week, and drives back. And then he'll just hang out at home, and then he just comes to the course. And you can always tell when he walks in the course, he is fucked up all the time. Damn. Like you'll just walk. Like the other day, I walked into the shop, and he was just ripping his pen, whatever, carts. And <laughs> he's just fucked up. But his lines are beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Just straight all the time. You're like, oh my God, I don't know how he pulls that off. Lasers. Mm-hmm. 24-7. But he's always fucked up. And he's, he's like kind of laying back in the mower. Just like, he, <laughs> he tries to be helpful a lot. Like he'll always like be mowing and then he'll stop to kind of help the guys for like five minutes to pick up a tree. But then he'll be like, nah, hop back on the mower, drive away. But you can tell he's always just fucked up. Yeah, that's the biggest character we got there right now. That's about it. No, no, like real Valorant people. Nope. No people you'd be proud of. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. There's yeah, there's like you know that one guy I talked about who's you know had the crazy life and then now he's a wizard mm-hmm. and then uh you know there's a a lot of people like a lot of the full time guys are just straight up hardworking guys you know joke around a little bit but when it comes down to working they'll all hammer it but then uh, a lot of the other characters come in. You know, the summer crew, you know, the high school and college kids. Mm-hmm. So we've had quite a few characters come in. And, uh, you know, obviously, like, my friends that have had, they're all good guys. And then um, people that will come in and make mistakes and guys that will get fired. And it's always the talk, you know, like, we'll always be talking about it. Like, oh, man, how, how long do you give uh, so-and-so? And then you're like, oh, man, he's not going to be here another week. Oh. And <laughs> it's just so funny. Like, like, new guys will come in and they'll be on their phone. All the time. Like, they'll be straight up driving. You know, I doing, was one of those traps. guys. I was one of those guys. <laughs> we all are back in the, yeah, at back those in days. The day. And then you get corrected and you move on. But then uh-huh. this guy, like, was corrected all the time. We'd be doing traps and, you know, well, he was doing traps. And he'd just drive up to the next one and then just be on his phone for, like, a minute and then go rake, you know, like, one little swift. <laughs> and then another day. So he was notorious for that. And then he was also notorious for being on the phone. Like, he'd call his friends while he was working. Mm-hmm. And just whip around the course, <laughs> not doing a single thing. <laughs> he later on said that he was just driving around just to look busy. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to look busy. So I was driving around checking out things. And he's like, dude, you cannot be doing that. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, and then it's like nails on a chalkboard. And uh, mm-hmm. so, and then the last, like one of the last draws was he was like starting to show up really late. And... Also, like, oh, yeah. you know, when you show up, you're all in the break room, so everyone knows who's there and what time it is. So it'll be, you know, say we start at 6. If it's 6 on the dot, you know, you know everyone's late after that, and everybody's yeah. in there. So there's, like, a crew of 20 sitting in the break room, and you see people walk in, you know, clock in, makes a big uh-huh. sound. You know, so you see people trickle in, 545. It's early crew making coffee, sitting around joking. You know, 555, you know, most of the people are in there. You know, you, you, see, you know, the last couple of people, oh, just yeah. you know, writing their name real quick. 
and then it's six, and then you're like, okay, who are we missing? Oh shit, so and so isn't here. <laughs> he's he's supposed to be here, right? <laughs> and then we're like, oh yeah, like, like this is his last draw today. And my you God. know, you know, while my you know my father's writing all the you know the, the tasks for the day mm-hmm. next to our names, just like busts in like cold like a, not a cold sweat, but a like a major sweat. He's like, oh. <laughs> I'm here. And he, like, he just goes, and all the eyes are on him, obviously. You know, you know when people are on time late. Like, you yeah. build a reputation that way. Yeah. So he just goes and sits down, and he's, like, looking around, like, <laughs> did anybody see that? And everyone's, like, looking at him, like, what the hell happened? And he's, like, yeah, I just got off. And then, you know, someone eventually was, like, where the hell were you? He's, like, I just got uh, pulled over. Um, you know, they just let me go. And then, you know, like, some of the assistants were, like, they just let you go? Like, what were you doing? And they're just like, uh, I didn't use my, um, I didn't slow down fast enough around a corner. And then they're like, oh, no ticket? And he's like, no. And everyone's, like, listening. Like, it's so intense. You could, like, cut the tension in the room with, like, a knife. Oh, my God. And, like, everyone's on his case. Because, like, it's early in the morning. Everyone has, like, been up early for, like, the past four days. It's, like, a Friday People are like, you know, already on edge, like tired, hungry, all that stuff. And they're just ready to rip into some guy that's been oh a shit God. bag, making us all look bad, uh-huh. you know, to the members that <laughs> see him go- goofing around. <laughs> so, yeah. and then he's, we eventually find out that he got a ticket for going like crazy fast. Oh and, my God. and it's by like the village of where the golf course is around. So like all the police officers, you know, know that, you know, who all the workers are just because. And then, so obviously the word got around real fast and then he lied about it straight up to everybody. You know, even when they were like talking to him individually later. (laughs) So he was gone. But I just remember this. There was one uh, fight that went down on the course. Now, if there's anything. (laughs) Yeah. There was, there were multiple fights, multiple fights. Heard about one. One. Yes. And I think I know exactly (laughs) what, I know exactly which fight you're talking about. The fight. (laughs) Which one are you talking about? Let's hear it. Uh, the one where it was a, one of them had just bare fists. The other one had like a chipping wedge or something. They're just swinging it. And uh, one of the guy's hands like broke a little bit. I didn't and hear this one. one. Of, the other one, the one without the, oh shit. I don't know who, but like one of them was landing all the punches. And the other one swung like a golf club and hit a guy in the hand. And it like his broke his hand. I don't, I can't. I don't know that one. <laughs> they were they were golfing though. It wasn't the okay. it wasn't the workers. Okay. This this happened on the grounds crew for any of the young guys listening. Uh this was between two old guys. <laughs> uh one of them named Willie. Oh that this sounds great. Willie and another old guy. Both of them old enough they have white hair, like limping around the course that old. Okay. It was a guy that's all into weed like in the middle like, Come on guys. No, he was he he was already he out he was already out mowing, just kinda of chilling <laughs> zoning out. Zoning out. Yeah, he zoning didn't out. Even know what happened. No, he didn't even know. But <laughs> these two guys, you know, they they're obviously like somewhat friends, I guess. Like they might have gone to the bar with each other like a handful of times. But one of them's named Bob, one is Willie. And for some reason, I don't even know why they fought so hard but <laughs> willie walks up to bob and goes hey bob you're uh your lines on the course there you're looking looking like 
your uh, your lines are real shaky, like Hawk. Hawk is this really really old guy who is <laughs> who has super shaky lines. Like he's like Bob, your lines are looking all shaky, like Hawk. So civilians, you know, like calling somebody else's lines like shaky uh-huh. or uh-huh. like a banana. We have you know. Yes. Throw like a banana. Banana rainbow. Yep. Not good. Not yeah, good. That's like calling somebody a straight up bitch. Uh-huh. Basically. So he's calling him out. Uh-huh. He's calling him out. And Bob was like, shut up, Willie. And Willie was like, nah, they really are. They really are, Bob. And, and Bob, they were they were adjusting the height on the mower. Bob throws down tools. <laughs> and goes, fuck you, Willie. <laughs> Fuck you! And, the, and we was like, "Whoa, what are you talking about? Fuck you!" And then they they just start like they shoved each other. I'm pretty sure they shoved each other. I was kind of in and out of the shop, like setting up a greens mower. <laughs> I think they shoved each other. And then eventually, Willie goes, "Bob, you're fired." What? Bob, Willie goes, "Bob, you're fired." And Bob looks to my dad and goes, "Am I fired?" And my Bob and my dad had just gotten out there. It's like I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> You don't have that authority. You don't have that authority. And then Willie was like, well, if he's not fired, I'm out. And Willie runs to his truck, <laughs> hops in, and Bob is just chasing after him. And Bob just gets in his window and just keeps going, fuck you, Willie. <laughs> fuck you. And then Willie just has it, had enough of it, just storms away in his truck, gone. I thought that was the last we'd see to Willie. Showed up next day. Showed up really- next day like nothing happened. <laughs> like absolutely nothing happened. Bob quit, and now Willie's the uh, assistant superintendent. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You can see Willie out there all the time. He elbowed him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elbowed him out. That's pretty much how that went. Now, we, what were you going to say? I was going to say, we normally don't have any, like, altercations. Uh, you know, at most, it'll be, you know, someone calling somebody out for, you know, like, being on their phone uh-huh. or, like, oh, yeah. like, be, like, being lazy or, like, moving slow or something like that, and then they'll fix it. And if they don't, then um, my dad's normally not very, like, he's not all up in your face. Like, I know he's not a big confrontation guy. Yeah, same. So he'll kind of, you know, correct you, correct you, correct you, correct you. And by that time, you know, like, not, like, in a bad way, he'll just be like, hey, why don't you try, uh, you know, moving a little faster. We got these golfers coming up, and it's really important that we stay ahead and get, uh-huh. it, you know, the golf yeah. course best we can. Yeah. yeah. So most people get it by that time. Uh-huh. And then if they don't, you'll just get them on weeding. Out of the way, and then the person will either not oh, come, yeah. not come the next year, or he'll just not call him and be like, "Hey, you know, like right. normally he'll call people back, be like, hey, yep. you want to work next year? You know, I'm tr- I'm making the, you know, whatever. You just not call him. Mm-hmm. No, we both know the positives and negatives of having our dad as our boss. Yes, yes, <clears throat> yes. Do you want to list a few like your favorite and least favorite things about having your dad as your boss? While I fix myself another drink, real quick. Yeah. So, uh, bad things. We'll start with that. Uh, so he will, so they'll obviously look at you a lot more and, you know, make sure that you're representing like your family name and whatever, representing himself the best that you can. So like, they'll make sure that you're not a ship egg and, you know, like making mistakes. Cause if, you know, it makes him look bad if he's having his son out there working, you know, the golf course is paying him to work and he's just... You know, he's just getting a free ride or whatever. So they'll always be on your case, you know, making sure you're doing the best you can, um, being smart. And then another thing is they'll have you on, like, tough jobs. So they will not give you a gravy job. Like, this is my seventh year, and I'm just now mowing fairways. And that's, like, a pretty easy, you know, that's, like, the 
a luxurious job. And, uh, but before this, I've just been, you know, fairway divots, like we said before, walking forever and mm-hmm. picking weeds and traps, you know, all that's tough. Yep. And he'll just have you on it all the time just because he doesn't want the other workers to think you're getting special treatment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So like I, I, We both learned our way, uh-huh. I bet. Yes. I, I, when I was growing up, I always knew I was going to work on the grounds crew. You know, that's just, it's a really good high school job for anyone listening. Amazing high school job because like you can work like 40 hours during the summer, but then as, school, as soon as like school starts, you can kind of get off yeah. a little bit. But ever since I was growing up, I knew I was going to work on the grounds crew. And my dad would always tell me, like, when you work there, I'm going to treat you harder than anyone else because you got to you gotta represent what's up. I can't give you special treatment at all. You got to, you're going to get the hardest jobs. You're going to get the most manual labor you can get. Throw you right in. And, like, I remember, at least for me, it felt like a lot of the guys, I, I started at the same time as, like, Drew Paisold, Jake Lenz, all those guys. Those guys, I feel like, got, they advanced faster yeah. Like, when I started out, like, Drew was, uh like, mowing fairways two or three years in, which is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I didn't start till this year, mm-hmm. which they got all those jobs. I, they know a lot more about the course. I've just been, like, I edge the traps. I, I cut cups all the time. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. I cut the cups, <laughs> which. That's not bad. It's not bad. Because that is a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yes. And, uh. You know, there were definitely times where I was sitting there, you know, six six o'clock six o'clock in the morning. I'm tired. I'm a little mm-hmm. antsy. It's my fourth year. I'm a fourth year veteran. Yep, that's and, a uh, long time on the course. <laughs> I tell you that. And then this this young buck, you know, I see on the board. They're like, yeah, this new guy that's here next year, right next to his name. He's like, yeah, um, like Mo, like fairways. They're like Mo Greens or Mo Banks. You're like. I've never fucking done that. Yeah. Why don't you teach me? Like, I just want to say something, you know, you're like, yep. oh my fuck yeah. Fairway divots again. Or te- you know, I've done this a million times. Uh-huh. Or, or like I, digging a hole or like oh, yeah. fix irrigation. Like I've, I've never really done that at this course, but, uh, at another course that I worked in at Iowa that where mm-hmm. I go to school, um, they have a lot of irrigation leaks and, you know, it's always on, you know, either Ooh. it was, well, they're like, it's a little less, I'd say prestigious, so I was always on mowing fairways or digging holes. I was a digging holes guy, pretty much, Ooh. and uh, fixing the irrigation. So you mm-hmm. dig like a three-foot hole, find like this little piece of pipe. You know, that pipe, you know, it goes everywhere throughout the whole course. You know, it puts up the water, you know, everywhere it goes spraying. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but, you know, just big sprays of water throughout oh. every little inch of the course. Uh-huh. And you know, sometimes there's leaks and then there's big bubbles. So yeah, basically just dug holes. Mm-hmm. I Not remember. Fun. I remember when I first started. That I don't know if you have this on your course, but the guys who mow like tees, collars, approaches, those guys, they have a guy that goes in front of them, takes all the blocks off. Oh yeah, yeah, you have that. Oh, they, yeah, they pretty much yeah. Yeah, the guy goes ahead of them, takes all the blocks off. I was always the blocks guy for like the first my entire first year. I was like, I would take the blocks off. And I'd see all these other guys. They get the mowing jobs. I just dreamed about getting the mowing jobs where I get to mow the tees. Mm-hmm. That was that was my thing. And then after like two years of working, I finally got to put in the tees. That was like the, yeah. I was I felt so accomplished where I finally moved up, got like some new jobs, mm-hmm. and I was riding mowers. It was the best feeling ever. Yeah, the best feeling. Yeah, when you're on the tough jobs, you're like looking over, and you know you're all working together, like flying by each other, like all on your merry way. And you're always thinking, like, man, 
I wish that was me. Like I, I, I want oh, yeah. to be riding something right now. My legs uh-huh. hurt. My feet hurt. Yep. I've been walking everywhere. I just want to s- sit on a mower and I want to, you know, just do that, you know, cause especially like if you get yourself into like mowing greens or mowing fairways and you accomplish or like you present yourself as being like a good person at doing it, you will do it all the time. Yeah. Cause it's a routine thing. Mm-hmm. See so if you can wedge your, your way into being those, you know, doing those duties, then you'll be doing them all the time. Mm-hmm. What was like your least favorite job of all time though? Definitely fairway divots. Fairway divots. Cause you're walking mile after mile. Mile after mile, every single golf golfer that's going through that day is passing you, and you got to move out of the way. You got to bend down; it hurts your back, hurts your little forearm because you're, you know, holding that heavy bucket full of sand and seed. And yep, it's you know sometimes like there's times when you're digging a hole and you're like, man, I could wish I could just walk around right now. Uh-huh. You know, like it's all about like perspective. I, I'd say mm-hmm. it's all relative. Yeah, as I've been going. I'd say that my least favorite job nowadays is cups. I know it's a big responsibility. I've been do, but I started out doing cups. Okay. Like my dad was like, "Hey, if you, you know the game, it's not yeah, you know, it comes natural." Yeah, I've been training. I've been trained on cups since day one. After like five years, I cut them. I cut every single cup. If you golf at the Stone Country Club, it's me and Brady Estervig. Mm-hmm. I cut half. He cuts half. That's all we do. And after doing it for five years, cutting hundreds and hundreds of cups, you just get real sick of it. Yeah. I tell you that. You it's probably sick. know every little edge of every green. Yes. I know exactly where cups can go. Exactly. And I, I like to say I'm pretty good at it. I did that in Iowa. So that's where I learned a lot of the things is at this like course that, you know, wasn't as prestigious. So it never, not everything had to be so pristine. And, yeah. Um, so that's where I was able to learn all the, you know, mowing fairways, you know, obviously it can't be all jagged and shit and uh, putting cups in like that's a big one. So like golfers will get pissed if you put it on the edge or like mm-hmm. just next to an edge. So then when yep. you're golfing and the ball goes like over the edge and the ball goes flying past, like they just can't get it there. Yep. You know, I just remember my first time. It's a Saturday morning. I was hungover as fuck. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, I show up. They're like, yeah, you're learning cups today. I'm like, oh, man. All right. I was expecting to just like dig a hole for a couple hours and go home, take a nap, uh-huh. maybe go to Perkins. Yeah. But no, got to nope. cut cups. Got to learn that. I'm like, okay. So I go and do it. I'm learning with this guy. He's like, yeah, just put it on this, put it on a flat part. You know, it's Saturday, so it's got to be at the back left or whichever section, you know, it's got, it's all like sectioned yeah. off, they tell you. Yep. And uh, so I'm trying to find a part on these, you know, once he leaves me alone, I'm like trying to find a, place that's not going to piss the golfers off mm-hmm. and i put one in an area where like i'm trying to avoid all the like skid marks and shit yeah and i put it in a clean area but it's right next to this ridge and or not right next to it but pretty close and i was like oh fuck um i don't know if that's gonna fly but <laughs> i want to go home right now so <laughs> that's just gonna that's gonna be it and uh so I, then there's like some golfers that are coming up to the shop that are like oh you know that's that cop on 18 or what not 18 but whichever one that's pretty that's pretty rough what are you guys <laughs> trying to do to us today and the, the superintendent's like oh i'm sorry i mean we got a new guy out there you know we could fix it and then i'm, I'm hearing that and like i have my keys in my hand i'm like clocked out mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like clocked out ready to go home and i'm like no 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 <laughs> 
is the worst. They're, they're like, you know what? We're done anyway, so you don't. You probably don't have to fix it. I'm like, thank God. Thank I just God. keep walking. I slow down my stride a little bit when I hear that, and I just keep going. Oh my God, I got that so much though. Changing cups. Yeah. There's, I don't know. Have you ever golfed the country club? Yeah, a couple yes. times. There's like, I don't know if you know, hole like four. You cannot cut anywhere past the second half. Like it's, if you cut the green in half, nowhere in the back, mm-hmm. nowhere, or even in the front right on that one. There's like certain spots you have to go. I've tried to push the limits just a tad. Like, oh, it's, I'm sure it's okay right here. I cut it down, and I just have to move it. <laughs> I've gotten, I got yelled at earlier this year where I thought it was the most perfect spot ever. And then my brother had a high school tournament there uh, <laughs> later that day, and he four-putt it. No. <laughs> he screwed him. I was watching it with my dad, and we were watching oh, him. No. He's like, that's, that's a horrible position. You made your brother four-putt. Yeah. Horrible. Another story is when I ran over a raccoon. I think it was alive. I'm not sure. And I was learning how to mow fairways. So that's, this was in Iowa. It's another day. You know, that's where I go to school. So obviously, and I would work mostly weekends because that's, you know, the only free time you pretty much have. And, you know, you're at college, so you know, you know how it goes. And uh, show up, little, uh, you know, a little hungover. Yep. You know, tired. Yep. And, you know, mowing fairways, it's like my second time. Uh-huh. So I'm just out by my own, and I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Get to, like, one of the middle, you know, holes, and I'm trying to keep this line. So, you know, you can overlap. You want to overlap at least an inch so that you're able to get everything. You know, you don't want to leave a little stripe. So for the mm-hmm. viewers, you know, you obviously, if you miss a little bit, you're going to leave, like, what's called like a mohawk yep. or something. Yep, So exactly. you want to overlap a little bit, but if you overlap too much, you're not going to make any progress. You're going to be keep going down, back, down, back. So I'm looking at the line, and I'm freaking white-knuckling it because I, you know, I don't want to mess up. And I think the boss is watching me because I'm, like, pretty close to the shop. Mm-hmm. And so I just, like, I got to do good because otherwise I'm going to be digging holes the rest of my fucking time here. Yep. So I stay white knuckling. I'm watching it, and then all of a sudden, in like my peripheral, I see this like black like dot, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> like I can't look up because I've just started learning. Like normally, like when you're a pro, you can keep your hand steady and like mm-hmm. you know, like you you have the feel, mm-hmm. and I did not have the feel, so I just kept going and. I could see the thing was like out of the way that I would run it over. Yeah. So I sped up. I was like, I got to get past this. I bet this is a possum or raccoon or like a big log. I'm like, (laughs) I could stop, but I know that's going to slow me down and I'm going slow anyway because I'm trying to be good. So I got to, I got to speed up. I can't have the golfers catch me. So keep going, keep going. I speed up, you know, move faster. And then it goes like, through my peripheral, I notice it goes, like, in front of me. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and by that point, like, I'm all this is going through my brain, and the line, you know, the overlap line is, that was an inch. It's now, like, four inches. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm making a huge freaking curve. So I try to, you know, like, straighten it out, straighten it out. You know, there's some bumps in the fairway, so I got to mm-hmm. compensate for those. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, 
And I'm like, oh my God. So I just keep going. I'm like, damn it. That was so, t-. and then I just sit back and then I come back on the next pass and I see a raccoon and it is mutilated. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure it's, it was already dead, but I, I, then at that point I stopped the mower and I'm like, oh man, I can't leave this. So then I go grab a stick and, you know, grab it with the stick, yeah. all the different parts that are now not a part of itself and throw it into the weeds. And then, uh, later on, you know, I finish up, that was the toughest part. That was like super intense. And, uh. Because, you know, if, you, if you're digging a hole, that is that sucks. So I yeah. knew that was, like, right behind me if I would have fucked up. Yeah. So I just kept going, tried to do the best I can, uh-huh. and that's why it was so intense. So mm-hmm. finish up, go tell the boss, like, hey, I think I hit a raccoon. He's like, yeah. I saw, I saw you driving down some fairway, and all of a sudden you, like, tensed up and started, like, hugging the wheel. And then you went over like a little, like your body jolted and then you sat back in the seat, like nothing happened. And then later on you went back with a stick and threw something in the woods. So I knew you hit something. I didn't know if it was a cat or what. And he's like, otherwise it looks good. So you're good to go. And I was like, thank God. The other week we were burning the, uh, the pit outside of the shop. And as we were burning it, all of a sudden, Drew Pacewell, he's, he's the burn guy. He's in charge of running that. All of a sudden, he realizes, oh, shit, there's fucking kittens in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> he stops stops the tractor, whatever he's using, like, push in. He, like, runs in, pretty much into the fire, grabs these fucking kittens. One of them is burnt, is all fucked up. The other oh, one just grabs and stuffs them in a box, takes them away. But they're both alive today, but shit just happens like that. Yeah. Just animals just get fucked up. And the one thing is that I'm, I'm super colorblind, like super yeah. colorblind, like green and blue, like I I don't know I don't red. know the exact terminology. I think it's I think it's green red, but it's the worst. I can never tell like if a mower starts leaking anything. I can never see it, mm. ever. I was mowing fairways one day. Earlier this year, I dumped the entire oil <laughs> compartment onto the fairways. So it was just a streak of dead. Yes, I remember I was mowing the fairways, and then it started, like, shaking a little bit. I was like, oh, that doesn't feel right. And I lifted up my reels. I was, like, looking around at the mower, like, what's going on here? I look down, and I see a waterfall of oil mm. underneath one of the reels. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I book it off the fairway under a tree, and then I call my dad. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm leaking something here. <laughs> hey, as he's on the way, I go back and look. There is just oil. <laughs> From the green to at least 150 yards out. Just thick lines the whole way from there to there. I was like, holy shit, this is... I'm never going fairways again. Never, ever. I There was like nine gallons of oil that I leaked out of that fairway or something like that. I don't even know why they put me on mowers at this point. Because stuff always leaks when I'm on it. I and I never see it. The way I describe, you know, like working on a golf course is like... It's kind of like farming, but it's so meticulous. Mm-hmm. Like if you mess the little thing up, every go- you know, all the good golfers are going to see it. Like if you scalp or if you leave a little dead patch or, you know, in your case, you probably left a little like, you know, whatever little stripe all yes. the, everywhere you yes. drove, drove around and yes. everyone's going to know. 
Uh huh. <laughs> so you'll get moved off. Like it's it's pretty. It can get intense, mm-hmm. you know. But if you know what you're doing, it's just it's just like clockwork. Mm-hmm. Also, if you listen to this and you're real sick of the golf course yeah, stories, we'll don't no no. We're still we're still sticking <laughs> to it for. I got more questions. Don't worry. We've, right, been, right. we've been slowly cooking through them. But if you're listening, it's just something we got to talk about mm-hmm. because. You're like one of the only guys I can really talk to it about because I never really I never really talked to people from other courses about yeah. it, and we all have like similar stories. Or it's like it's just so unique mm-hmm. to other people that are in the same job. Yeah. Like I I just got to talk about it. So yeah. if you're listening, I know we've been talking about it for like 50 minutes now. There's more questions. Don't <laughs> worry, you're gonna hear it for another like 30. Trust me. You could but, give a little time hack and say skip to this point if you don't want to listen to the golf, but. Or not, nah, or they can just it, deal fuck with it. it. These are good yeah. stories. Yeah, these are good stories. It's not like everyone would understand you. Run, everyone would understand you running over a raccoon. <laughs> they get that. They get that. They get the shit kittens happened, in the man. Pit. It shit it happened. It should have moved. It had so much space. Uh huh. Decided to run right in front. Exactly. Exactly. Now, do you still like enjoy the sport of golf, or has it just become like a job? Uh I I definitely enjoy it still. Uh huh. Just because of the people. So, yeah, like uh. It becomes like a job sometimes when you're on, you know, obviously on the same thing over and over and over, or when yep. you're digging holes or doing fairways, if it's like I said, mm-hmm. and um, then it becomes a job. But if, you know, you do, if you cycle the jobs differently and you're working with different people and, uh, you know, the golfers are coming up to you and saying, this looks so great, you know, sometimes that'll just be like, yeah, whatever, leave me alone. But other times it'll be like, you know what? Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, it'd be like slaving away at a hole and then they'll be like, oh, you're fixing this leak that, you know, that was bothering me for a while. I'm glad oh, you're doing it. You know, so wow. it doesn't, like, I definitely enjoy it. Uh-huh. I enjoy it way more than being a golfer. Like I've probably golfed less than, less than 10 times in my life. Damn. So I'm still a learner, but yeah. I definitely have appreciation for everything that goes into it now. hundred percent, hundred percent. Now I will tell this story real quick. I, I hinted to it earlier about how I had my dry heaving, throwing up experience about four days ago for the first time in a year. And I will say what happened. So once a year on a random Monday, we have this employee outing where we take all the employees, we play a a scramble. Just like everyone hits a ball, you all play from that best shot. Everyone hits the ball from there and you just try to shoot as low as you can. It's, It's golf, but it's like the less, least, stressful part of golf and at the employee outing it's somewhat about the golf but a lot of it is about the alcohol Hell yeah and that's what we try to go hardcore on every year now this year i will say the only ones really really participating in that were me and drew pace hold but we (laughs) (laughs) we held up that pace i tell you and we prepared for it for like a week in advance. Like, okay, what do we need? And we started getting stuff rounded up and we got it all ready to go. And by whole four, I'm eight beers deep. I f- whole five. That's tough. I, I already had one down before we teed off <laughs> on the first tee. Nice. And I was drinking twisted teas, which I'm a, I'm a big fan of twisted teas. And I can't, I don't know how exactly how many I got down, but all I know is that we got to like, we put the back nine first. So by the time we got to like whole, hole number like five or so so like the 14th hole out of the holes we were playing i had enough in me where there's a little trash can over there you can throw this in if you want go ahead and start stacking them up it's quite a bit oh yeah stack them up sir stack them up but i remember there was uh 
we got to after we got through like the fourteenth hole out of the ones we were playing, I remember in the group in front of me was Brady yesterday, and I remember he had some fireball in his bag. Now this fireball had been sitting in his bag for hours in the eighty degree sun. Warm. It was very warm. It was very warm. And I just went up to him, and I was like, "What we're gonna do is I'm gonna take poles off of this fireball for every tee from now on until we finish the round." We only had like one, two, three, four, five holes left. Five holes left or so. And <laughs> oh my god, I just started taking poles off it. They were like a shot and a half each pole. It was so bad. <laughs> I was I was decent going before I started taking the pulls. By the time we got to the end, I was so messed up, so messed up. And we got, went home, and I, it was one of those feelings like where you get home and you're like, I know I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> Something's happening here. I've gone too far. I've gone too far. And so I grab a bucket and I'm just like hanging out around here. And my dad is like, Hey, we're gonna. I gotta go like do some stuff with the irrigation at work. I'm driving around in the cart. You want to come with? I'm like, yeah, let's just get out of this house. The moment I step out of the garage, I start dry heaving slash throwing up in the driveway. <laughs> the moment I do it. This is the first time I've done this in over a year. Over a year at this point. And I somehow make it onto the grass. I'm just like laying down on the grass. <laughs> He's like, so uh, I'm going to go deal with this. No, I still went wet. Oh, I oh still yeah. went wet. Not a quitter. Mm-hmm. Not a quitter. But you're the types where you can like puke on something. <laughs> And still drink it? Because you yes. still took a sh- fi- shot of Fireball today, so yes. you're still a trooper. I'm still going. Oh, still yeah. going strong. Still going strong. I will say that, quit. that Fireball stung a little a little stronger <laughs> yeah. today, I'll tell you that. It brought back some memories. It brought back some memories. From Nam, you're uh-huh. like, oh, <laughs> you're back on the, oh, yeah. on the front lawn. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say, another key part of the story is that Brady Estervik had left his uh, car outside my house because he, he had a few drinks and he had to go do something that night. So he didn't drive home. And as I was throwing up in his yard, his parents pulled up. <laughs> now, I was throwing up in my yard. His parents pulled up right outside. His, I, apparently, his mom, Darla, was like, is he working on his car or something? I was at my car out front. I was laying down right next to the tire. Is he working on his car or something? What's going on? She saw me throwing. She looked over and saw me throwing up in the grass. Like, oh, he's not working on his car. No, he's not. And I'm, I'm convinced that Brady's parents don't like me because I've gotten there. Poor, I've gotten Brady so fucked up. He's thrown up all over this basement, <laughs> all over the place. Every room, every room, pretty much. And uh, damn, I'm convinced they hate me. And that was the first time they saw me in like months. I was throwing up in my yard, <laughs> and so I'm convinced they really don't like me anymore. I I bet they think you're all right. I bet they think I'm all right. I'm getting Brady some new experiences. Yeah, that's for sure. You need you need the you need the experience because you know some parents think like oh it's way too early uh-huh. you know but. You introduce them to it, and then they know their limit, and then they go yes. and meet the real world. Every, everyone be a lot better off. Everyone has to know their limit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I've taken, taken some of those guys on the crew and invited them over and been like, "You got to figure out your limit." Yeah. And I had a guy throwing up on a pillow out in the living room a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, lo- I love doing that though. <laughs> Introducing people to alcohol—it's my favorite thing in the world. I don't. It's just a lot of responsibility because it's like a mixed bag. Because mm-hmm. some people. You know, they're just naturals or, you know, you know, oh, yeah. drink with some people and they're, you know, they've been doing it a while. Mm-hmm. Then you, I don't know, when you get older, you kind of understand everyone has a baseline and then yep. you, you don't push people past it. You know, yep. you just let them go. Yep. And with someone new though, you got no clue. 
Uh, like they my might, favorite thing in the world. <laughs> but I just don't thing. know because I might you, you might push them a little bit and then they'll just go way over the edge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the favorite thing in the world. Now I introduced my brother to it. I can't wait to introduce my sister to it. She's only a freshman though. We're waiting until she's at least a junior in high school though. I'll stick to that. Yep. Uh huh. Did you introduce your sister to alcohol? Um, there's been times where I've given her certain things to help yeah. her. Yeah. But uh. No, not myself. She's I'm, she's pretty independent, mm-hmm. so she does her own thing. And uh, you know, I don't know. I I, I know I was definitely not the one that introduced her, but <laughs> yeah, she's uh, yeah, she's good. Mm-hmm. I think she's not the one that would tip over the edge. Yeah, I was locker neighbors with your sister. <laughs> oh, really? Throughout all of middle school and high school, because Livingston Lapine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't know, really know what she was like. I know one time, so I got a little story. Yes, let's hear quick. it. So uh, there's somebody in her grade that it wasn't it definitely it was not you. Okay. I was walking behind her. I was a senior. She was a sophomore. You guys are sophomores, and I didn't really realize I was walking behind her. And this guy was like, "Hey, watch this real quick." And he's like talking to the guy that was next to him, uh-huh. and I was behind him, and he's like takes out his phone, and I'm like. And I'm not like talking to him. I'm like, just like thinking in my head, like, cause I'm behind him and he takes out his phone and like starts taking a picture of my sister's butt. Oh my God. As she's walking alone. And I was like, what is going I'm like, motherfucker. And I like, like slap him upside the head as hard as like, as hard as I can, but I kind of uh-huh. miss, but I still hit him. Jesus. And he like turns around like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> like, I'm like right there. And he's like, Damn, and like my sister, I don't even know if she knew what happened. She just goes on to class, and then, like I just walk on, like I just keep going. Cause I'm so Jesus. pissed because I knew, like, if I had stayed around, he might have like retaliated, and then it would have been a big thing. So oh, I just, I knew, I knew, completely I knew justified I gave, though. I knew I gave him the what fur, and <laughs> and I just kept going. But and then I hated him beyond that. And, was, he, uh, was he in your grade or like it? He was grade. in your grade. My grade. Mm-hmm. I knew who he was. And uh, yeah, and when football uh, came around, I gave it gave it to him a little bit. I'm gonna have to ask his name after the show. Okay, after the show, I add to my notes. Name question mark? Yeah, but I don't think he like I don't know. Everyone does something stupid, and he didn't know yeah. I was there right there. Yeah, I don't know what he would have done with oh that God. picture, but yeah, I think I put a put a stomping to that real quick. Naomi was probably listening and like, what the fuck? (laughs) You ever told me about that? Yeah, who was that? Who was that? (laughs) Who has a picture of my butt? Mm Mm-mm. But I'm pretty sure he never even got the picture off. Yeah. I'm glad glad I'm not in high school the same time as my sister because I saw something like that, I would just freak out. Mm -hmm. That'd be bad. Yeah. It'd be real bad. I tell you that. Yeah, I was a, like, football team captain at the time. Uh Uh-huh. It was like during football season, and you know that that raced through my mind of like missing the game because obviously there, every year there's like a kid that you know kid or two that like misses the first game because they were drinking that past summer or something like that, mm-hmm. and I just picture myself like sitting there without the pads on, and <laughs> like I don't even think I'll qualify a headset. Like I just you know like you know sometimes you get the headset as like a back like a third string, you know you're part of the game. And I just picture myself not being a part of it at all as a senior captain. And I was like, mm, not worth it. Walked away. And then now, obviously, I wish I would have knocked his teeth in. But 
Who? Didn't go back. Who? <laughs> Hopefully he's listening. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no. I don't want to run to him anymore. <laughs> no, I don't, he's not a bad guy. I know he's not no. a bad guy. Yeah. It was just a little error in judgment oh, yeah. for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. I cannot wait till this episode's over where I can hear who's, who this was. <laughs> I cannot wait. Now, what are you studying at school? I study sociology. So when I first started, I was thinking about law enforcement. Okay. And, uh, you know, due to recent things, I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's not the mm-hmm. perfect thing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I got a patriotic bone to me. And yep, we'll get into it later. Don't worry. I got questions. I, uh, you know, before that was seemed like the right thing to do. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't need to do that. I need to be in that position, you know. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be on that side, kind of. And so now I don't know what to do with sociology. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once I finish the military, then I'll deal with whatever I'm doing after. But, oh, yeah, yeah socio- it's, it's it's interesting. Uh-huh. It's pretty easy. It's up my alley. Like, I'm not a good math guy. I Like, I don't like school. Oh, yeah. I so, hate school. <laughs> Trust me. I don't like it. And, uh, you know, sociology, I'm just sticking with it. Um, my counselor... She's like, I'm like really close with her and, mm-hmm. you know, she knows and she's like, yeah, um, this class, I've heard it's easy. So take this and, uh, you know, do your best, please. And like, I'll go see her when I'm struggling and she'll help me out. So, you know, I'm, I'm scraping, but, oh, yeah. but I'm doing all right. Oh, yeah. I'll be right back, but I'll give, I'll leave you a question to answer right. while I'm running to the bathroom real quick. But, uh, as both being superintendent's children, has your dad, oh, ever been interested in you being a superintendent have been banned from that or your whole thing behind that okay okay i'll be back in like a minute all right yeah so he um i've I've thought about that and there have been like workers and um, members that come by and they'll see me there you know for the second or third or fourth or you know up to the seventh year like even this year and they'll be like so once you uh, graduate college you know are you going to take over your dad and you know, I'll always say, you know, probably not. Maybe the next guy, you know, I'm sure you'll hire somebody else. Um, but what my dad has said about it is, you know, he's told me, you know, just it, like if you have a family one day, do you want to be with them? And, uh, you know, I always say like, yeah. And he'd be like, well, you won't as a superintendent. But, you know, which is true because, you'll, you know, in the summer he's there all the time. Like it seems like 24-7 he's there during you know the summer and the spring and the fall and then the winter he has a lot of time off but he's a big like he's super meticulous about everything and he knows that he has to report to you know every golfer that's there and if they have a single you know complaint about you know like this little thing is soggy over here you should probably fix the irrigation or this you know cart path you know the whatever gravel is like moving outside into the grass and, you know, every little thing he's got to deal with all the workers, you know, problems. So all that, like, takes a lot of time. And he's also really hands-on. So he does all the work that we do during the day. And then either before work or after work, he's there doing paperwork, dealing with all that stuff, doing big projects. That he's getting all the questions about. And, you know, he's not there much in the summer, you know, spring and fall and, you know, my mom, you know, gets a little pissed at him sometimes and, you know, definitely takes a little bit of a toll. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's something that I, I don't know if I have a passion for. So I know mm-hmm. that if you're going to commit something big like that, mm-hmm. it's got to be a passion. Oh, yeah. And I think I have a passion as like 
a ground school worker. I don't know if I have oh, it yeah. as a superintendent because if I have exactly. all these people in my ear telling me <laughs> you know, all this stuff uh-huh. that you got to fix and all this stuff you got to fix and giving you daily updates, asking, you know, what's the, you know, what's the report on this? And then the next golfer comes by, what's the report on this? Over and over and over again, you know, it kind of gets, it wears on you. Mm-hmm. So I I'm not sure. It'll, it's a backup, I'd say. Okay. I will plan, say. Plan C, I'd say. Throughout my whole life, as is evident from this uh, podcast, my parents have been very, very supporting of anything I choose to do. Everything I choose to do, especially my dad. He's When I told him I was leaving Ripon, he was like, okay, you can do it. Have a plan, though. Do something. And I went to MATC. I got this podcast. So I'm obviously very supporting this podcast because he's letting me have random people over here every week. Yeah. Different characters every day, <laughs> every week, like maybe multiple times a week. He sees random people walking through that door. He has no idea. He lets them into his house. I bring him down here. We have some fun. The only thing he would never support me doing, I have been forbidden from ever becoming a uh, golf course superintendent. Mm-hmm. That's something I have been forbidden from ever doing because he knows exactly what it's like. Yeah. You get like, you, you know. get an earful from literally everybody. Mm-hmm. Cuz since you're the superintendent, you have responsibility for everyone under you. They tell you all their problems and you got to deal with it and you obviously want to take care of them. And then there's the golfers. You can't do anything crazy, but at the same time, oh, yeah. at the same time, you know, they're like, you know, we should we should step this up a notch. You know, we should uh-huh. try to be the best thing and gain best golf <laughs> best golf course in Dane County. Mm-hmm. And then on the other end, you try to cut down trees so it's easier to get around that corner or you try to expand this green or whatever. Uh-huh. And then every single golfer is like, what's the deal with this? Exactly. <laughs> you got an earful. I got to go to the bathroom real quick. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Directly out the door to the right. All right. Mm. <sighs> Hour and a half in. Hell yeah. This episode's going very, very well, I will say. Very, very well for having, like, never met Joe. Very, very well. I, I like having guests on who I've never met, especially when I have things to talk about. I, it's going, our conversation is going very well because me and Joe actually have a lot in common, a lot in common, despite never having met each other. Because like the whole grounds crew stuff, because if you've ever worked in a course, you know the grounds crew is literally so tight with each other. Anyone who's listening to this who's on the grounds crew with me, you know what it's like. I trust my deepest, darkest secrets in the grounds crew. The grounds crew is like... Where I go, everyone on the grounds crew pretty much knows everything about my life. Especially like Brady, OC, Drew. They know every detail. They could tell you anything about me. They could tell you my deepest, darkest secrets. And (laughs) that's just what it's like. Even like my brother, he knows more about me than... I know he's listening. He knows more about me than a lot of people. Ashton, Luke, Barrett, all those guys. Know so much, and honestly, it's just so much fun. So having someone else who can talk about it, it's great, great. Welcome back, sir. Welcome back. Now it's good to be back. Oh yeah, it's, I, it's weird when you take off the headphones for the first time. It just feels like you're missing a, a noise there. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. When like I go to refill a drink and I take it off, and like it's the best. It's the I, best. I never said the positives. So the positives are mm-hmm. of having him be your father is, mm-hmm. you know, or your father being the superintendent is they yeah. tell you you know, a lot of the things that you're lacking, you know, then you can fix it. Oh, and yeah. a lot of the time, you know, you get better. Uh-huh. And I then get... I went to this new course and 
you know, I showed up the first day, I started doing all these habits that my dad would tell me about and, you know, like picking up every little piece of garbage or every little broken tea. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that skyrocketed me above all the other kids that were there. Yep. Exactly. And then my first thing is like an insight into jobs I'm doing the next day. Yeah. My dad will be like, yeah, you're doing cops. I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Or like, you're doing such and such. I'm like, yes. Great. Or sometimes I even, I even get saying it sometimes. I mean, I'd be like, hey, what do you want to do? But no one gets that choice. <laughs> I, I have gotten it like more recently. Where like he'll be like, oh, do you want to you wanna mow greens or do you want to mow fairways? I'm like, fairways. Yeah. All day. And the schedule gets, you know, very flexible. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I'll just tell them at home, you know, like, hey, I got, you know, one of my buddies wants to go to the races tomorrow and we're going to tailgate, you know, so I'll probably work a half day or like, you know, you can tell them that like the night before, a lot of the time they'll help you out uh-huh. and be like, yeah, yes. that's all right. Yes. And then, you know, a lot of the other workers, they got to tell them a couple of days ahead of time. Uh huh. So yes. that's a positive. Exactly. Before I just ripped on the negatives, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Schedule is a big one. Oh. It is a big one. Like, if I, I can pretty much, as long as I give, like, a few days notice, I feel like I can get any day off that I really want. Where it's, like, it's like I'm trying to, like, schedule trips with friends or going to a lake one day or going to such and such or going to watch the brewers. I know I can get a day off. Where, like, other people I know, they need, like, certain friends of mine work at, like, Walmart. and yeah. They need pretty much, like, two weeks notice Yeah, to get any day off, which is crazy. Crazy. I will say that my friend Drew Paisold, he's going to school to be a superintendent. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what he's going to do. But his schedule is crazy. What he does is he works at Walmart from 3 a.m. He still does that? 3 a.m. to 6.30. Then he immediately drives to the golf course and works 7 to 3.30. Oh, man. That's That's full day? Full day. That's what he does every weekday. Every yeah. weekday. And it's crazy. I got to meet up with that guy. Yes. Drink, drink with him a little bit. Cause yes. I have, I think a few times, but then throughout high school, we were like pretty close and mm-hmm. we never really linked up like fully so we could catch up after that. Yes. And uh, I know he's putting in the grind. He <laughs> so. definitely is. And if you offer him a cha- time to drink, he'll be there. Nice. <laughs> I'll right. tell you that. He's like, hey, come over. We're having a few beers. He'll definitely be over. Nice. Definitely. And he'll gladly, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he loves hanging out with people. Oh, dog's going fucking ape shit upstairs. Mm. Yeah, but I was golfing the other day with my grandparents and my cousin, yes. and, you know, I saw him drive by in a, you know, Cushman, Cushman or Workman, and uh-huh. he's just in the mode, just, yeah. <laughs> just driving by, and I waved to him. He didn't even wave back. <laughs> I, you didn't even see me. He's just... Out like there working hard. He's in the zone. Yeah, he's in the zone. In the zone. Auto he's zone. In, get in the zone. <laughs> Auto zone. Hell yeah. Drew, Drew gets like that. Especially when he has on those like gray headphones. He's listening to like a podcast oh, yeah. or something. <sighs> he's just in the zone. Wave him over if you see him sometime. Yeah. yeah. God, they talk to you. Oh, yeah. Anything. Wave, wave over any of us. Just fuck it. Just if I see you, I, w- I will. Oh, yeah. Do it. I know I saw, definitely saw your grandma out golfing today. Yeah. Yes. She I, golfs all the time. All the time. Yes. I do see her a lot. And I was, me and Brady were plugging the back 18 green. <laughs> and she was up there putting. And like, oh. My dad had to point her out to me, like, oh, you're having Joe on tonight. There's his grandma. Yeah. Oh, 
Nice. Yeah, she doesn't know about this, and uh, I don't know if I'll tell her because you've know, been saying on quite a few, you know, running over the, the raccoon and stuff. I don't know. Nah, she'd be okay with yeah, it. She, she'd probably be okay, but I know it was very, when I started this podcast. You know, obviously, like word spreads in the family. We're like, I tell obviously my parents know very much about it, but they'll be. Whenever we catch up with people, like, oh, Jake started a podcast. Oh, really? What did he start? And then I always had to go through this talk with, like, grandparents. Yeah. It's super weird when I have a grandparent who's like, you're starting a podcast? What is that? I'm like, oh, it's kind of like like a radio show. I talk to people. Like, oh, what's it called? And I'm like, oh, Code 1030. And they, then they go, where can I watch it? Oh, like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm nowhere. So, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it comes out on tapes, uh. Yeah, yeah, and find yeah. it. Yeah, just sign up for the, the the mail list, and I'll send it to you. <laughs> but I always feel like, oh, you go on this app on your phone, and you search it up. But I always have to make sure I tell people, listen to this episode or this episode. Don't listen to that one. You don't want any part of that one. Yeah. I always say, oh, listen to one of my brother or my sister. Don't listen to anything with you pay sold. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want any part of that. The one... Uh so like working on a golf course, you know, that you got you got your thoughts mm-hmm. and then maybe any like Spotify you got. So, you know, I was listening to a lot of your stuff before. Oh, yeah. I listened to all the ones with Drew and the one with you know, the one with uh, Drew and Dawson stuck uh-huh. out. It definitely does. You, like it started the show and he's just like oh, you had uh, eight beers before you came and he's like, Oh yeah or he's <laughs> maybe he said that and Yep. <laughs> I was just like picturing that like just shows up. Let's get this thing started. Let's record this. <laughs> the funniest thing Hilarious. about that episode is that he doesn't remember any of it. Oh my! Don, <laughs> he doesn't remember any of it. So the next day, I saw him at work, and I was like, "Do you remember when you said that?" He's like, "I said that." <laughs> no. And he was—he didn't remember any anything you said. So I would rem- I would have to remind him of conversations that he had. And but the best thing about Drew is that he. He never tells me to edit anything out. Like I've edited out things just because I have to. Mm-hmm. Just because I have to. A lot of times people tell people will tell stories. Like stories have been edited out of this podcast. We're like great fucking stories, but they just don't. People just don't want to be embarrassed. Drew doesn't care about embarrassment. He puts everything out on the table, and I just edit out the stuff that I need to edit out. It's yeah. so the funniest part. Like as a viewer, I don't know if you got this feedback, but. Like, just hearing his voice, like, laughing, and then he'll say something, and it'll go, beep, beep. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just like, beep, and then, beep, beep. And it's, it's the funniest <laughs> thing, like, honestly. And you don't know what he's saying, but it's yep. it's funny. Yeah, I like but editing those beeps. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those beeps, they, don't, they aren't even bad at all. Like, every now and then you'll hear a beep, especially with, with Drew. You'll hear a beep where... <laughs> <laughs> you'll hear a beep, and... A lot of times I don't even need to add in the beep. But once I add it in the beep, like, okay, let's see what it sounds like if I add the beep because, you know, sometimes maybe it won't sound right. Or I'm sometimes I'm on the fence with editing and stuff out. One, one time I put it in, and there's a beep in one episode. I can never remember which, I can't remember what episode it is right now. But there was a beep I edited in where the joke wasn't even funny, like, without the beep, like, just just raw audio wasn't even that funny. And once I put in the beep, it became a hundred <laughs> times funnier. We're like, you couldn't know what he was saying. And the imagination just goes, okay, what did he, what could he possibly said there? But what he actually said was nothing in comparison like to like explicit. the worst thing you could say. 
that might have been the one that made me laugh. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, I just remember like any mm-hmm. type of beeps. Like it was just funny. Oh, I remember the beep now. So it was with, I think it was with Dawson, and he goes. Uh, I was asking about ladies he's he's interested in. Ladies he's interested in, and. I won't say exactly what he said. <laughs> I'll say the beep. But he goes, well, you know, I, I'm, he says such 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 about girls he's interested in. And he goes, well, she can't be a beep about girls he's interested in. He's like, well, you know, she can, she has to be like kind of good looking like this and blah, blah, blah. Well, but, but she can't be. She can't be a beep. And <laughs> what he said was nothing. It, was, it wasn't even that bad. Yeah. But it was so much funnier that way that it I is. had to keep it like that. Uh huh. Like you want to know what it is, but at the same time, with the with the bleep, like it's it's just hilarious because uh-huh. your mind goes wild, like just trying to figure out uh-huh. what they said. And I will say, if you haven't listened, so one of the last episode that came out when we're recording this weekend at the lake. It's a, the most recent one. Drew was in that one, and he was the most fucked up he's ever been. More fucked up ever, ever. No way. Now he only, that's those episodes I recorded like big groups of people. I call them like you see party mix, volume one, volume two, volume three. Basically, what that means is there's a party going on outside, and I rotate people in various fucked up states. That's what that's all that means. So weekend at the lake was a trip I took up to the lake with all the people. It was like Drew Paceold, Brady Estefik, OC. Bubba, Matthew, Michaela, Maggie, Gloria, Lizzie, all those people. And brought them all up. And this the episode record was recorded at midnight. Now the whole group started drinking at about eleven AM. So we were like thirteen <laughs> hours deep in drinking. And yeah. Drew was the most fucked up I've ever seen him be. Now he only appears in really the first like eleven minutes. And then towards the middle he appears in like another five minutes and then at the end. It is the funniest, one of the funniest parts of this podcast. It's so funny because if you skip on that podcast to the last five minutes, I am super fucked up at the table at like 1230 in the morning just giving a speech basically. (laughs) (laughs) And in the background, you hear Drew fall down the stairs. Oh, man. So what happened was after like he started walking down the stairs, he gets about halfway down. He's holding a uh, vodka orange juice, and you, in the background you just hear thump thump thump. And then, yes, and you just, I just go, oh shit! <laughs> he actually fucking fell down the stairs this time because yeah, I thought he fell down the stairs earlier. But that was one of the it'll go down as one of the funniest podcast moments, <laughs> and I highly recommend that episode to anyone listening because. We were all so messed up that it was just a great time. A great time. And Drew is great for content like that. I know anytime I invite Drew on, he doesn't hold back at all. No. And he, he puts his trust completely in me. To edit out anything that'll yes. mess him up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you, t- if you take the chip out of the back of this recording thing I got here and you listen to those he'd raw edits, he'd be in jail. <laughs> he'd be done. His career's over. It's That's done. Pretty funny. Yeah. It's real messed up. <laughs> but I can say this, that I haven't talked with him specifically, but especially for like year two, 
I know I'm already talking about year two. We're only like a little bit, like three quarters of the way through year one. But year two, there will be another solo episode with him. That's for sure. It's a guaranteed, in fact. And one of the first episodes of the year will be a solo episode with him. And we're going to get obliterated. <laughs> dig even deeper. Yes, dig even psyche. deeper. We're going to go deeper than we probably have ever gotten. That's for sure. That'll be pretty cool. I'll be listening. I'll be tuning in. A guarantee. I might. I don't know if that's going to be like the debut episode of year two or what's going to go on. I don't know what's going on in the future. But once again, I have to say it since I probably haven't said it enough. But thank God for Drew Pesel and thank God he said yes to be on the show because that first episode kind of set the pace of the whole set show. The it set it off, got people interested, and can't cannot thank that man enough. It was, it was great. Like I remember. One like one party is like talking about like Walmart or something. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. Yes, it's just what he was saying yes. about it. It <laughs> he one of my best friends. Like plumber, like plumbing. He's just like saying like, yeah, I was ankle deep in shit. It's yes. five o'clock at night, and yes, and exactly. Wait to get out of there. Yes, I and I had to cut him off at like over two and a half hours in. And I was like, yeah, we got to say this for another time, man. I don't know how much this you can keep going, but I kept inviting him on and he still has more. <laughs> he doesn't stop. So by far one of my favorite podcast guests to have on the show. He'll definitely be making many more appearances because every episode he's in, is just, it's amazing. He's your Joey Diaz. He's my Joey Diaz. Yeah. I'm Joe Rogan. He's Joey Diaz. If things are running dry. He's just, Call oh, him up. Call him up. And he he he's always said yes to being on the show. I've never messaged him and he's been like, nah, I can't do it. I I don't know about that time. But one thing that was supposed to happen. There was one time that he had to skip on an episode that he was supposed to be in. Now I don't know how you guys are gonna react to this, but he was supposed until about three hours before recording. He was supposed to be on the episode with Lincoln Post. Oh, man. That would have been golden. You got to set that out, maybe. It'll happen eventually again. I know we can make that happen. But until about three hours before I hit record with Lincoln, he was supposed to be on that episode. And that would have been probably, I guess, three hours long. And it would have been a shit show. Absolute shit show. Oh, God. Now I got to reel this back into the notes. We've been off <laughs> so much. Off the record. <laughs> off the record. I got all these notes, and we're, we're only about halfway through the notes. God <laughs> Don't worry. We'll I got nothing going. Hmm. Let it rip. No, if we, keep, if we keep going at this pace, you might have the longest episode ever so I, far on the show. I would be proud to hold that. Yeah, you just got to make it another hour and... 10 minutes <laughs> and you will have the longest episode on the right. show. I think I got enough Coors Light in you me. You do? You do? Well, not in me, but I mean, with me. Yeah, with me. How many you got left? How many did you bring? How many you got left? About 12. Uh-huh. I think I got six left. We're only halfway we're through. Only halfway. Yeah, we're yeah. only halfway. Come on. We got a long ways to go. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, oh yeah, real quick about your pace. He loved to take pulls off that captain when I wasn't looking. He just grabbed the bottle. He just started chugging. I'm like, no, stop, Drew. Stop. You already pre-gamed eight before you showed up here. Now you're taking pulls off the captain two and a half hours in. What are you doing? I'm, you know, with the liquor, for you young people that are listening, mm-hmm. it will hit you like a punch in the face. Like, and you know, obviously Drew experienced, he knows. Yeah. He wants that punch. Uh-huh. 
if you're starting and you start with liquor and you're hitting it, it will hit you hard. And, you know, beer, you know, it's just an ease. It's an ease down, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I love starting out new drinkers with, with hard alcohol. My favorite thing to do is to sneak the vodka into some Mountain Dew or something. You can mix like a, call them 33s, third vodka, third Powerade, third Mountain Dew. Toss that like a rookie. Oh, it kills him. <laughs> For a rookie? A rookie. It kills throw him every a time. Ball. Throw him a Throw him a voodoo, a vodka Mountain Dew. Oh. Kills him every time. 100% success rate. <laughs> you passed out on your, your floor. Mm-hmm. Success. I put a... I put Owen Lynch in a coma here the other week. I put Owen Chase in a coma here the other week. I had Drew over here the other week. He, uh, I messed him up a little too much. I like to do that to him. He's a guinea pig. Yeah, he's a guinea pig. At the employee at that employee outing, he was. I gotta show you. I gotta show you a picture, Drew. (laughs) I can't believe that you you made him be the most messed up he's ever been. Yeah, this is oh here's here's Drew on Monday when I had that incident. <laughs> oh sigs. Oh yeah. Drunk sigs go hard. Drunk sigs. He was Oh, I hear the fucking dog down here. Hopefully it doesn't fucking bark all <laughs> I swear to God. He might just Oh that door's open, he might push it in. He'll be breaking in dogs breaking in the studio. Breaking in. Is he coming? He's a SWAT. I call him in Max. Hearing all the bad thing, bad things we're saying, they're breaking in like the SWAT team. Yeah, I'm worried that one day a SWAT team's just gonna break through the window. They'll be listening, and all of a sudden, just kicking in like, put them up, put them up, put them up, and that'll be the highlight of the podcast, mm-hmm. the best moment ever. I'm hoping the SWAT get it team recorded. I'll oh, get it recorded. They're oh, trust to me. Make sure, like hold it up to their hand, uh huh, or hold it up to their mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why am I being arrested? <laughs> I don't even know, but that'd be that would be the top podcast moment of the entire the entire show. If the SWAT it's rated it, if the SWAT rated it, that'd be the best moment of my entire fucking life. You'd like find the captain or someone in charge, and be like, "What do you got to say about this?" And they'd be like, "Shut the hell up! You're arrested. what do you got to say about this? <laughs> Get in take the a damn car. You're take arrested. A, take a swig, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't take more of this. Yeah, yeah. Drink more than me. Let's have a drink off right now." I got you on this. I've been training my whole life. Shut the hell up and get in my car. <laughs> You're arrested now. <laughs> Dear God. I, I, I got to wheel this back into the notes, bro. All right. All right. The last thing we were talking about that was on the notes was you going to school. <laughs> okay. That was a while ago. <laughs> that was a while ago. I love going off the notes on a tangent, though. I got to have the notes, though. Eventually, I will get to the point where I don't need notes, and I'll just be tangent all the time. Mm-hmm. But I kind of need notes to kind of like give it a little bit of structure. Yeah. Because if I didn't have the notes, there's no way we would have made it this long. Because mm-hmm. the notes kind of formed all that ground screw talk and yeah. all that talk in the beginning. I just needed to make the show good. But once I, I have a feeling once I get like over a year in, maybe two years in, that I'll be able to just sit down with no notes and just, just talk. Let it rip. Yeah, let it rip. Let it rip. No problems whatsoever. Now, what year of school are you in? I'm a, I'm going to be a senior. Going to be a senior. You're still enjoying it, though? Yes. You're still enjoying I it. I wish I had another, like, six years. But that's just not how it goes. You know, one year left. Uh-huh. 
Any big it, plans it for this fast. last year? Um, I don't know. Just uh, you know, drink a lot, and uh, of course, you know, obviously study a lot. Make sure that's that's the number one thing. Oh yeah, and do all my responsibilities. You know, mm-hmm. get the, get all that done early in the day. You know, if you're going to college, and you know, whatever whatever that comes with, you know, get it done early in the day, and oh yeah, later on you can mess mess around weekends. You don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Procrastination. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Horrible. Don't do it. It's the worst. I will say I'm at MATC, but I'm doing the completely online MATC where no like Zoom classrooms, no live classrooms. I just get the work sent to me. I do it, send it back. And then on the weekends, I just do this podcast, get fucked up. That's good. Yeah. That's You'll just, feel way that's better. That's what I did. And I can still get my social interactions in through this podcast because if I was just doing strictly online... I wouldn't be able to do it because crazy. you go crazy, just stuck in here all the time, just doing work. You go postal. Yes. You know what that means? No. It's like all these postal workers, if you like Google it, going postal, it's these people that work for these postal, like post offices. Mm-hmm. They'll just end up shooting their whole post office or whatever. Damn. Like it's like uh-huh. a crazy chain of all these things happen over and over and over again to these postal workers. Okay. Same route every day. Uh-huh. Same thing early in the morning. Yeah. yeah. If you Google it, it's a crazy story. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a saying going postal. Oh my God. Yeah. But so I, don't do that. No, no, that's not, that's this, not the plan. Keep this going. That's not the plan. <laughs> listeners, keep listening so keep you listen, can keep going. Keep listening because if, if listeners drop down to like five people listening to every episode, I'd be like, yeah, man, you're, you're, no more, no more. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, honestly, I still. I still do this podcast. I don't even care how many people listen. It's just fun, as you can probably tell right now. It is. It's just fun. It is pretty fun. It is pretty fun. Even, even if you never post it, like you feel yeah. like you're, it's it's important what you're saying. Uh huh. Yeah, you feel you feel like people are always listening. Like I always try to block out the audience, which I don't put a bad thought in your head. But like if you think about the average amount of people that listen to every episode, it's going to be at least sixty people oh. that listen. So. It's always very weird when you think about like, oh, imagine like a room with sixty people sitting next door, just listening. That's just weird. It's very weird. It is. Uh huh. And if you post about it, especially if you, if you post about it on your Instagram story, your Snapchat story, people will listen more. And then you got like a hundred people listening. Or in the case that you pay sold first episode, you got three hundred fifty people listening. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that was just because of your first one? I think it was just because of the first one. Because if anyone goes to the show, they're like, oh, let's see the first episode. Everyone wants to start on episode one. They don't want to cut in uh, at, like, episode 10 or so. So a lot of people listen to episode one just to see what the show is about. And I'm just I'm just grateful that it was a it was a good first episode. Because I, I knew I needed Drew Paisold. But even nowadays, every episode with Drew Paisold gets at least... I mean, when I think of numbers, like podcasts, when I post them are very weird in a way that it's not like when I post it, it immediately gets a bunch of views and then it dulls out. It's like, it's just steady views throughout the whole time. Like I'll post a podcast and even nowadays people still listen to the first few episodes all the time, even random episodes all the time where I would say it was a good, epi- a good example of this is Jack and Brock. Jack and Brock. Jake. I think. No, Jack and Brock. There was, I had Jake and Brock, and there was Jack and Brock. Oh, okay, my bad. Yes. 
same thing probably yeah. where like i post the episode and like the first week they give it be 30 people listen but now jack and brock they're sitting at about 200 Damn. which is very very good do you think that's like mostly people around here i have stats and it's it's weird it's very weird i've said it a few times but we had seven countries Seven countries, about 29 states. Whoa. <laughs> yes, it's very weird. It's very weird. I don't know how many episodes I've listened to, if they listen to much of each episode. There's a guy in Sri Lanka that listens. A guy in India, Germany, Australia. A country named Oman near Saudi Arabia. This guy listens over there. You're growing. Growing. I haven't checked the stats in a while, but oh, maybe that's another country. You never know never know and it's just random people listen i mean all you gotta do is if you're in a different country just hit play on spotify boost it up yeah hell yeah built a reputation you know by word of mouth a little bit of time they'll be telling all their friends and you mm-hmm. got people everywhere mm-hmm. number one thing about podcasts is you just gotta stick to it you gotta stick to it because i'd like to use the example of i don't know i i have not talked about this in the podcast before but the number one thing i I, I've talked to other people who be like, yeah, I want to start a podcast. And I'm like, why? They're like, I want to do it because of the money. Like they see like Joe Rogan and they see a $100 million deal with Spotify. And they're like, holy shit, I should get into podcasting. But the thing is, I would like to say you have to do podcasting for so long to get good at it. I'm not good at it. I, I'm the biggest critic of myself. And I'll be the first person to say when an episode is like, oh, I didn't talk well that one. I didn't talk well that episode. I could have asked more in-depth questions. I could have talked more about that. I should have. I'm I'm very critical of myself. And what people don't realize is that anyone can start a podcast and do 10 episodes. Anyone can do that. If I had anyone on a microphone, they could record 10 episodes with like their good their friends. And they could probably be good, really good episodes. Probably yeah. would definitely rival this show. But what I would say is that the number one difference is that sticking to it because it's easy to do 10 episodes, but once you hit 30, 40, you're still doing it. You're recording two times a week after you've been recording for eight months. It's kind of hard to stick to it. Yeah. A lot of people would struggle with that. And a lot of people, I feel like, would have trouble even kind of convincing themselves to start something like this mm. to de- to like to just sit down and just dedicate all their time to starting a podcast or starting something like this i always hear people say like oh i want to you you always meet people who are like oh i want to start a podcast i want to do music i want to do this but they never do it it's like sitting down and just saying i'm gonna do it is one part but saying i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna do it completely like dedicate all my time to it that's a whole nother thing where I've kind of I kind of made my goal where okay I'm gonna start this podcast I'm gonna upload an episode every week for an entire year that's been my goal this year hit 52 episodes if I hit that magical number 52 I can say that I'd made my goal for the first year and I don't know if second year I'll have the same goal if second year I'll say fuck it let's episode two let's upload two a week that'd be a little crazy I'm real <laughs> hectic which I know I'm not gonna do that but I would say that. It takes a lot more time than people think, and to dedicate that much time to it is crazy. It's 
crazy. I don't even know how this conversation started. I yeah, forgot. I forgot too. But one last thing I was going to say was like with podcasts, you never, like, there's no highlight reel. So when people are like looking at it, mm-hmm. you, you know, some people look at the oldest episodes and then you find like the, what got it started and then going through it, like there's no highlight, like you just pick one and go. And if yes. someone quits early, you know, and they just exactly. have nothing else. Like Joe exactly. Rogan, if someone's going to listen to Joe Rogan, they listen to the recent. Yes. Yes. I've listened to the first few episodes. A good thing if you listen to Joe Rogan is jump to like episode one or two. It's so different. Yeah. You could tell like Joe Rogan started so long ago that like back in that those days, podcasts weren't like a thing at all. Like if you recorded a podcast back then, no one knew what a podcast was. He was... He wasn't the guy that had the first podcast ever, but he was one of the pioneers. And nowadays, anyone with a phone could start a podcast. Yeah, hell, you could. You could start a podcast if you're listening. You could start a podcast with your phone. That's all you need. You could. This is me being real. Like you don't like you. Sure, I have all this nice equipment. I have these nice microphones and this nice audio recording thing and these nice lights, camera, all that stuff. But you don't need that. You can start a podcast with 30 bucks. Like if you just get like a nice, I have this microphone here. It just plugs into my phone for when I'm on the road and I want to record shit. Yeah. You could start one with that. Just clip it to your shirt. Just talk to yourself. You could start one. No problem. Thing is that I wanted to go like hardcore and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get some quality shit. Hell yeah. So that's why we got these nice microphones with this nice audio thing here and i have my macbook which i don't know if did you listen to the did you listen to the drew and drew anderson yeah everyone my macbook I dumped, oh yeah, yeah i dumped the whole rum and coke on it right Parents here are working on it during the thing yeah i just i I just ordered a new macbook by the way r.i.p like 1300 dollars out of my pocket yeah. it's fucking sucked yeah it was there's a lot of dedication to start these things i will say that a lot more dedication than I think people realize because they see like the, they see the t- like hour and a half, two hour episodes a week. They're like, oh, it just takes an hour and a half, two hours a week. No, I I spend pretty much all my free time on this show. That's pretty much it. Because whether it be scheduling guests, making notes, or recording, I am from the moment I get off of work and I get home, I take a quick shower. I am editing audios, making notes, reaching out to guests getting the studio set up, getting new stuff for the studio. That's all I'm doing. And it has been so great to hear like people actually like to listen. Because when I started this show, I had no idea if people would even like it at all. At all. Where if I got like 10 people listen, I would have been ecstatic. Ecstatic. However you say that word. Ecstatic? Yeah. (laughs) If anyone would have listened, I would have been so happy but now to hear like 60 people listen every episode that's just a crazy number to me and it's just kind of giving me that boost to kind of stick to it yeah i'll like run out like i've I've looked through yours to look for people that i've like i know and i'll I'll look at all those and then i'll be like click on a random name you know like while i'm working or something Uh and just listen to it and it's like hilarious (laughs) you hear like some of the funny stories they have to say Uh uh-huh and you can kind of relate to some of it. Some of it's just hilarious to listen to. Like I already know, I, like when this episode comes out, I'm telling all the people on the ground crew to listen to it because 
some of the stories we told for like that first hour will resonate so much with people on the grounds crew that they'll yeah. love it. Yeah. They will love it. And whenever pe- random people hit me up, I'm like, hey, just started your show. I'm like, oh, listen to this episode, this episode, because I know you'll like that one. I know you'll like that one. And <laughs> it's just, it, this is just, it's so crazy to start, have started this. Like no one, no, I don't know anyone else that has one of these. No, I don't no. know either. No. That's why it was like kind of interesting. Yeah. Because I would see my, you know, I'd see, you know, what you were doing and I was like, I kind of want to be in there. That'd be cool. Yeah. Crazy. 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 And now I just sit down for like two or three times a week. This is what I do. I just talk to random people. Like I have no idea who's going to be in that seat next. I have an idea, of course. That's like a direction I'm going to take this show. But I really don't know. And it's so spontaneous and fun that it just keeps me so entertained through all my weeks. But <laughs> my whenever I go upstairs and I'm talking to my family, they always say I look so tired yeah. because like I'm working all the time and then I come home working the podcast. And right now I'm in one of those bends where I haven't had like a week off. I haven't had a day off in like two weeks probably. Yeah. So it's I'm I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and but I still I still keep doing it. I just stick to it. Stick Until to my the schedule. Fall and winter. Oh yeah, work will, that's the plan. It'll wind down and you'll have all these episodes to Uh-huh. And then once I once I hit like September, I will pretty much have all my episodes recorded for the year. I'll be done. And from like October, September, October, November, I won't have it to record. And it's just gonna be hanging out with friends, relaxing. And then as soon as I hit like no late November, December, back in the loop. And I'll go. be I'll be recording for <laughs> year two. And when Friday. I I have some planned upgrades for the studio. We're definitely, definitely, I'm sure like this desk will be just mine. I'll have a sofa set up for guests and I'm planning, I might get like a huge flat screen to fill up there so I can play videos for guests, stuff like that. We're like, there's only going to be upgrades coming. So any guests that's been on the show, come on back. There'll be changes. Show will change. Show will evolve. And it hopefully will just keep getting better with better episodes now that's what it's about two, two hours and nine <laughs> minutes and we are de- we are definitely gonna hit the new record for time Hell on the yeah. show you're gonna have the longest episode on the show I, i'm uh, excited about that i want to set a record uh-huh yeah and if you if we get like three and a half hours that'd be insane it would you would hold the record cool. for a long time i'd be pretty proud uh-huh. I would yes, listen. especially I will say, especially for like a guest coming in, who like no, I've no never I've never guests. met you before. I've never met you before. I'd that'd be crazy to if if you walked up to someone on the street, like especially like I feel like I've gotten I've gotten so much better at these podcasts, where if you were to walk up to someone on the street and be, hey, here's this random person, you have an hour to prepare, and then have a three and a half hour conversation with them with no breaks. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I feel like I've gotten so much better at it where honestly it doesn't even seem that bad. But if we hit over three hours, woo, <laughs> the longest episode on the show. I mean, we both got to work tomorrow, same time probably. Oh, yeah. Same duties. Yeah, I have probably. a 6 a.m. So, start tomorrow. Don't yeah, same, worry. Same. Don't worry. I'll be walking in the shop and I'll be a little, I'll look a little more tired and everyone will be like, how'd it go last night? And I'll be like, great. Longest episode yet. <laughs> Longest episode yet. 
And honestly, I'm one of those people that I'm like, what's the record? Let's go. Yeah. You know, like someone tells you to jump, you're like, how far? Why not? And honestly, I will say that I hope that you're going to definitely have the record for a long time. I will say that you will definitely have the record for a long time, but I will hope to break it. Uh, next year in the beginning of year two with Drew Paysold, I want to make like a four hour, just crazy episode. Crazy story fest. Crazy story <laughs> fest. Just four hours long, just me and him just shooting the shit. That, that I hope will take the record after that. But I feel like you'll have the longest episode for a long time because cool. we're, we're over two hours in and we are, we still have a lot of notes left. All right. Like usually like, at this point, I'm going to like my last questions or whatnot, but we still have definitely like a Quite page a of notes, a page of notes left, which is absolutely crazy. I got the answers. Oh, yeah. Not back to where we were talking about <laughs> the notes. <laughs> my, my sister, and actually, and now I'm going off the notes again. I just said we get back to the notes, but I'm just going off the notes again. My sister and brother said they don't really, anyone listens to this, podcast that they don't really like the notes they feel like i'm sticking to the notes too much yeah but for them listening fuck you i need the notes yeah we you know we just gotta get the right guests you just gotta get the right guests even if they reach out and you never met them before never yeah. met them before but the notes are so helpful helps kind of keep it going keep the conversation interesting so my next question on the notes are you gonna work like once you graduate college and out of the military, all that. You see yourself working in Wisconsin, or are you can move to like a different state. Once I graduate, um, then I'll be in the military like yes. for like six years. Oh, yeah, I got some, we least. got some military questions coming up. Okay, that's still in the notes. Oh, fucking dog. Dogs are going crazy, but yeah. Um, once I retire, for sure, I'll uh-huh. probably be going back. I'll try to find a golf course and maybe work there, like just mowing rough. Okay. Um. Or I'll have a ranch. That's like one thing I really want to do. Ooh. It's like have a ranch that's like not super like crazy with responsibility so I can still travel. But like have a ranch that I have something to do day to day because I don't want to be bored and I don't want to feel like I still have to work. So like right now and like in the years coming, I'm like stingy with money and, uh, you know, I want to retire early and then have a ranch that like, kind of push me by and then I can still like travel the world and do whatever I want to do but not stay there and feel like it's holding me down mm-hmm. that's like the goal okay now we say early retirement like what's your if you had an ideal age of like early retirement so with the military you can retire 20 years in of when you start and then you'll get half of your three highest years average salary for the rest of your life so Ooh. say you get 60 uh-huh. like sixty thousand dollars a year um you know at your peak year so like when you're 42 so you start when you're 22 and when you're 42 you'll get thirty thousand dollars a year like every year for the rest of your life holy shit so that's like how it is like originally and then now i think they're starting to switch to whatever you put away for retirement they'll match it up Ooh. to a certain point They'll just give it to you right when you're done or, you know, whatever amount per year. So they'll set you up pretty good if you stay with it. But if you don't, then you'll, you know, get what you earned and mm-hmm. then you'll just deal with that and you'll have that on your resume. All right. Now we are under the military questions. Just realize that. So 
You go in there, you're going off to the military as soon as you're done with school, pretty much, right? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Now, when, what's like the timeline for that? Like, when do you finish with school? So, I'll finish, I'll graduate in May, you know, of this next year. Yes. And you commission, like, I'll commission. So, I'll be into it the same day. Oh, brutal. Now, it's the Marines, right? Yeah. Marines. All right. Now, is the military or the Marines something you, like, have always wanted to do? Yeah. So, I've always been attracted to the Marines specifically because... I have two cousins, one of, you know, both of them are older than me. Okay. And then the oldest one was, like, a badass that I always, like, respected. And uh-huh. I was, like, always, like, I'd see him when he came back from boot camp and when he came back from deployments. And I was, like, wow, like, I want to be just like you. And you'd be, like, oh, yeah. always, like, like, at our family gatherings, like, you'd always be, like, talking about it a little bit. And my uncle, who was his dad, was a Marine, and he'd talk about it. And then um, I had a bunch of other family that was in the military and, like, I was just like, I want to be just like him. And then I grew older and then started my transition into it. And I learned some things and then realized, you know, I should probably go to college first and try to be an officer. Mm. So then I did that. And, uh, yeah, here I am. But it's always something I wanted to do. I want to be just like them. I played Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. And I always, <laughs> like, I was like, I want that to be my job. And, <laughs> you know, that was an entry thing. And then I kind of matured. A little bit, and then mm-hmm. I, I joined for a different reason. So then, you know, you get in there, and then you're with that, like, brotherhood and sisterhood thing. Oh, yeah. That's what keeps you in uh-huh. big time. Mm-hmm. Now, I got to ask, what Call of Duty were you playing that made you Mo- Modern Warfare 1, <laughs> Modern Warfare 2. Oh, yeah. That's what started, you know. <laughs> and just just for the record, like, you, you, you know, people joined for that, and it's a wrong reason. But then you yeah. start to realize you love you know, the brotherhood and sisterhood of it, and then you love your country, and then you'll do it. But at the very, very start, before I did anything crazy, you know, that like, that's just, I just attracted me. <laughs> Captain Price and Gaz. Oh, yeah. Boys. Oh, yeah. I only play the campaign. and I, No multiplayer? I play it again and again. No, the campaign. Over and over again? I play it as recruit. I play it as regular. And then I, you know, bump up, play it as veteran, then hardened. Uh-huh. Or hardened and veteran. Yeah. Campaign over and over. Oh, my I God. I loved it. Have you played any of the recent ones? No. Captain Price was in the, the Modern Warfare. One of the newer ones. <laughs> Shit. Right up your alley. I got to play that. Oh, yeah. Black Ops 1, I only love that for um, Kino de Toten. Zombies. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's a good reason I like Me it. Me and my roommate would play that over and over. Our record, 70. Oh, my God. You think I I I played I've played a lot of zombies and I know that that means like three hours yeah. straight. It, no, it four was hours. longer. It was so, so long. long. It's it so like, long. It was like a Friday night and we like started drinking. We were like, okay, it's gonna be like it was like seven. We we're like, okay, we're not going out to the bars till like ten. So how about we play a little zombies? It's like <laughs> one in the morning. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're not going out anymore. It, we're like around like sixty eight. And then finally we just gave up, kind of, <laughs> died. <laughs> so oh my. That's fun. Yeah, lots of memories with that. Now, did you play a lot of video games growing up, though? Um, I Not not a lot. Not a lot. Just enough to, like, buy the new, like, Call of Duty and play the campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was never really big into the, the multiplayer oh, yeah. until I was into high school. And then I, like, would, like played a little bit. And then I then the Fortnite came around. Oh, you're picking Fortnite? Yeah. Well, I was back then. Yeah. Yeah, everyone was for a little bit. 
I was in the early days. The surge. Yeah, <laughs> I was part then, of the surge. Oh, yeah. And then it got too big and people got too good. And I was like, I'm yeah. not that good. I, I wasn't a builder. No, I wasn't either. I wasn't either. I was hiding. I was hiding a bush. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was just like mess around and hide. And, and you get to the end and then somebody would just build like 100 million feet above you and then just snipe the hell out of you. And you'd be like, fuck. It was like a 45 minutes. Just wasted <laughs> hiding. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I've kind of gone away from the video games a lot recently. Like, I haven't played in probably a month now. Which, I mean, like middle school, I would play every day before I had a job. every All day, every day. And then even in high school, I was big into it. But nowadays, since I got this podcast and my job, I don't have any time for it. I haven't played in a long, long time. So, I guess I'm kind of grown up. Like, when I was growing up, I always thought, like, oh, always playing video games. Like, I... Was big into Call of Duty, Minecraft, Battlefield, all that stuff, and nowadays it's like no more, no more. I was I thought I'd always be playing, but now it's like I'm just done. No, I don't got that. time for it. I don't have time for it at all, which I never would have thought that. Like you told me like six years ago, like hey, you're not you're not gonna play like any video games when you're older. I would have said you were crazy because that's all I had. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. That was it. Now, I got to ask. Back to the military. All right. Now, did you first, like, enlist or kind of, I'm not good with terminology here, enlist, sign up in high school, or was that afterwards? Or So in high school, um, there's a guy, I don't think, he, like, he'll be fine with me calling him out, Mitch uh, Beagle. He's a Marine right now. He's yeah. a corporal. He just got back from deployment. So he's a Marine. um he was a senior, and I think I was a – yeah, I was a junior. And um, we were both, like, really talking about the Marines a lot, and then he enlisted, and then I would go with him to the recruiting station uh-huh. a lot, and i work out with him and meet all the guys, meet all the recruiters. And, you know, like, based on that and the people that I talked with my family, I was in love. Like, I wanted to be a part of that shit. Like, oh, they're yeah. all, like, motivated and, like, yelling kill. And, like, like <laughs> I don't know, like, some of you people that are civilians, like, probably don't understand <laughs> – but when you're part, like, there's so much energy, and you all feel so, like, a part of this thing. So, yeah, we go work out a lot. We get out of track practice, go work out with them, and go on the weekends. And uh, so that's when, like, the love, like, I started to, like, mature. And, like, it, it separated myself from the, like, Call of Duty thing to, mm-hmm. like, the brotherhood and sisterhood thing. So then, uh, you know, that's where I got exposed. And then I never signed the contract to enlist. I really wanted to. Um, but my mom and dad did not like the in, the thought of enlisting, so I went to college. Okay. And then, so it's kind of the way it worked for me was ROTC. You either get a scholarship and you're part of the program, or you're not, and you just you're just not part of it. You're just a college student, so you get the scholarship. You know, kind of like college football. Like that's how I relate it. So mm-hmm. um, for this thing, like. You can join the program to learn to be a part of this military thing, but it's kind of like you are like part like a red shirt, or okay. you're not on scholarship, or like you walk on. So that's how it was for like a year and a half. So I was part of this scholarship thing, or part of this military program, not getting paid, like mm-hmm. not getting my college paid for, still paying for it myself, putting in all the effort. You know, a year and a half in. And then I finally earned the scholarship, and then I'm part of it. They pay for all my college, out of state, everything. 
and then uh, and it just kept going. Now, what was like your basic experience like? So like I, I went to officer candidate school. Okay. So that's to be an officer. Okay. So it's different from like what Jake Lenz went yes, through. Yes. So that's enlisted. Okay. Um, it's a little bit different because there they they expect you to lead. Okay. So they put you through this chaotic environment. So for him, they, you know, well, everybody, they put you in this chaotic environment. They see how you respond. Some people shut down. Some people fold. Uh, a lot of people, like, lose their mind. You know, after a couple of weeks, like, you're so stressed out, you just lose it. Holy shit. Um, but everyone here, you know, was in ROTC. You know, that's where they train you while you're in college. And uh, mm-hmm. they uh, train you pretty well. So while we were there, we... You know, just applied everything we knew. And, you know, when people screaming at you, you know, whatever, like, just like Jake Lenz said in his episode, like, you take the message, not the tone. So you kind of just do what they tell you, scream back, move fast, uh-huh. and you're good. And, oh, yeah. You know, that's pretty much what it was like. And it was tough. It, it was uh-huh. a grind. Like, your body hurts. Uh-huh. You don't want to keep going, but you just do it anyway. Was it like you expected? It was just like how I expected, but there's, like... There's no preparation you can go through to go okay. you know, to do it. Uh-huh. Like, there's some things they'll throw at you and tell you to do, and you're just like, what? And, like, you're completely, <laughs> like, you just, I don't know, like, some things, you know, I don't want to give away everything, but, like, uh-huh. they'll tell you to, like, make your rack, like, make your bed over and over and over and over again. And until you, like, you're mentally drained, like you're done. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, with your locks, like, you lock everything. Each person has, like, two locks. You lock your foot locker and your wall locker. And, uh, you know, sometimes someone will leave one unlocked. It's, like, the worst thing you can do. Uh-huh. You can't leave it unlocked. You got to always lock it, even if you walk to the bathroom, or what you call it, a head. Yeah. And if you walk to the head, you always have to lock it. And someone leaves it unlocked, they just take them all, they put it all in the chain. Everybody's all 60. They put... All these locks, like just like in high school, all mm-hmm. those locks you had, mm-hmm. everyone has two. That's about 120. And a big ball or in a big chain, uh-huh. all those locked together. Then they'll throw it, and then you know, then it's you know time for lights. Everyone turns the lights off. You can't turn the lights back on. You got to figure out whose is what. You're trying out a million different locks. Oh God, it's chaotic. But they just uh-huh. it's all to see how you respond. Now. You said it was just like you expected. How were you expecting it to be? Expecting it to be like crazy chaotic. Uh-huh. They throw all these crazy impossible tasks at you. So there's like things that they tell you to do and they make it seem like, it, like if you don't do it, you're going to freaking die. Like <laughs> this is like the task. Like if there's one thing you do in your life, this is the task you do. So they make it seem like that way. And it's impossible. Like most of the time they just give you a crazy time constraint. And you're just trying to do it, trying to, like, lead other people, like, hey, we all got to do this. We all got to do this. Everyone's mm-hmm. tired and hungry, and mm-hmm. no one, it doesn't get done. So, oh. But I knew that was going to happen, so That's just kind of do it what you can. Mm-hmm. Now, did you do okay in it? I did okay. You did know, okay. like, you've, I, I failed a couple of things. Everybody fails. Like, it's designed to fail, you know, whatever you do. Like, uh-huh. Well, not whatever, but some things. So yeah. there's some things I struggled in, some things I did good in. It's the same with everybody. What were some of the things you struggled in? So night navigation. Uh, oh, boy. I, I was not good at that. So, like, you train to, like, navigate your way, like, 200 meters or 300, up to 400 meters in the dark. 
with a certain direction. Like, so you'd say degrees, like 180 degrees. You have to look at your little compass and find your way to this little mailbox hidden in the woods. So you do that like six times in a row. And I got like four times right. And a couple times I was off by one. So I failed. And, uh, yeah, you're supposed to do that in the dark. You have like this. Oh my! It was it's pretty tough, and you know we trained for that for like three years while we were in college a little bit, and um, you know just couldn't couldn't uh, produce, couldn't get it right. But there's other things that I did well that other people didn't. Like there's these missions where, you know, you lead like twelve other people, and you're supposed to do this little simulated mission, and uh, you know some people just lost it, like they couldn't tell all these other people what to do and this little you know they know they're being graded everything's going wrong there's like little blanks being fired around you and they just lost it and uh <laughs> i think that's one thing i did okay was i just kept yelling out stuff nice nice okay and i will say another half hour and you've got the longest episode <laughs> sir hell yeah hell so. yeah now did you see a lot of other struggle like did, would you say you did better than most not um I think everyone thinks they do average mm -hmm. because everyone does well in something, like whether it's exams or the physical or like just day-to-day -day screaming loud and leading your peers or like having all your gear squared away. So like I think everyone, I feel like everyone does average and everyone knows they failed. Everyone in something, everyone knows they did great. So I think I was like average, maybe a little above in certain things. That's just how everyone. That's how. That's how it is. It's. It's supposed to like weed out people. Okay. And a lot of people like lose their mind, and then they realize it's not what not what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Now, what was your favorite part of the training you got? Um, leading the missions. Leading the missions. So they would throw these called like mortar sims. So it's okay. like a mortar simulation. So they throw like it's like a flashbang. Oh dang! And it, uh, it goes like wee, mm -hmm. and when it explodes, it kind of sends all these like things flying like not things from the little thing itself but more like leaves and sticks that are okay. around it okay so when i started my mission like they kind of threw one of those out and i didn't know what was happening and then it did that and i screamed everyone at the deck and, <laughs> and it like all the stigs and flakes or the stigs and or stigs and uh damn uh, <laughs> losing my you have to cut this out but uh um, no, it's everything. Good. It's went the best. Flying. That's a good part. <laughs> all, all the, uh, they, I don't know. Everything went flying around, and it was all chaotic. And then I, you know, screamed to the next thing because they tell us everything we're supposed to do, but it's just getting it done. So then I screamed everything out. And they're like, move t twenty meters past, twenty meters past, and uh, that's you know, you're just supposed to get away from where the enemy is like mortaring you from, uh -huh. and then. You know, you get in formation again, you keep moving, and then of course, like the instructor tells you, Yeah, you have a casualty, or they don't say yeah, but like, You have a casualty in the back, what are you going to do about it? And then, you know, you go like assign a fire team to go grab them, so a, a group of four, and then you got to keep moving with the mission. They're all like, Yeah, you got to keep moving, got to keep moving, you only got five minutes. And, you know, it, it just gets chaotic. And then, you know, there's, of course, there's like a, a bridge or like something weird. Yeah, like maybe a road. And, like, you can't just all cross the road at the same time. You're supposed to assign people, like, pull security, and then everyone's screaming, like, ah, oh, my leg hurts. <laughs> like, they just make it chaotic. And 
that was the best part for me was when the mortar thing went off and there's like like f- leaves and like that's that's the word I was looking for leaves and oh, yeah. leaves and twigs yeah, like yeah. flying everywhere and then people are screaming like that was like the best part and then the the worst part was when I was like part of someone else's mission so mm-hmm. you know you're with 13 people each one has to lead one so you, you do 13 missions total and I was part of somebody else's and we had to carry this heavy ass thing up this this hill like we're supposed to resupply them and it was miserable but some people were obviously not good leaders yeah well it's, you know some you know it's you just struggle in different things okay and those missions were like you were following someone else's mission did you just have to like do whatever they said yeah like you, you couldn't be like maybe we shouldn't do that it's pretty obvious what you have to do yeah but it's just like little things that you're like maybe we shouldn't do it but you just do it anyway because you know in a like a war situation you, you know not everyone has a say like you kind of just do it anyway mm-hmm. yeah and you know, you just know it's going to be better if you just do it anyway, if it's wrong. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say, as you were telling that story, I had a little bit of a hard time speaking, but we're definitely keeping that in. Okay. Because those are the best parts. Because anyone listening can slowly tell they get a little more messed up, messed up, and then it's the best part of the podcast <laughs> when you start here to see. I couldn't think of the word leaves. <laughs> Freaking leaves. That's the best part of the podcast when you hear the guests just start slipping a little <laughs> bit. Even me, like if you just listen to these episodes in the beginning and you skip to the end, you can just hear me start slipping. <laughs> it's the best part. Slow downfall. Oh yeah, slow downfall. It's very gradual, very gradual. <laughs> but then you have people like Drew who just show up fucked up, and then you can't even tell the gradual slip. It's just already gone. It's already at rock bottom. No it's one already knows. at rock bottom. No one knows. <laughs> But yeah, you can definitely tell with me on this podcast because when I get when I start having a little alcohol in me, I get really giggly. Yeah. I, I laugh a lot. I do too. Like even yes. if I'm like meeting people for the first time, I'm just smiling. Mm-hmm. You know, like probably when I showed up today, I was just like happy to be here. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And we're still going strong. Yeah. And you only got to make it 27 minutes till <laughs> you have the longest episode ever. Let's go. Which is we'll, we'll have no problem. We have no problem with these questions I got. All right. Let's go. Now, did this all this training went through? Did you make some really good friends? Yes. Yes. So the one thing it does is it like really bonds you all together. So they, you know, obviously, like I said before, they make it really chaotic, and uh, you know, they just see how you lead and how you like kind of adapt to the situation, and they put peop- different people in like leadership positions. So they put you like, okay, you're the squad leader. You're in charge of making sure everyone has this gear. You're the platoon commander. Make sure everyone is here at this certain time. And you're in this new environment. You're in with these new people. You don't know their na- their name. You don't even know where you're supposed to be at. And you're supposed to make sure it's supposed to happen. You know, it happens. Yeah. So. Um, your friends. Yeah. Like you. Uh, <laughs> so you, you kind of rely your mind on each start, other. Your mind starts slipping when it, you're on this podcast. I does, tell you, you forget what you're talking about while you're talking about it. It does happen. So. So they. They. Like, throw people in different leadership positions, and uh, they expect you to lead. And you don't really know what's going on, but you kind of just do it anyway. And, you know, with that, you're working with different people you've never met. Like, you know, you're working with people from California and people from New York and Alaska. You just all show up. You all all have one idea in mind that's become a Marine officer. And you're like, we all want to do this and whatever. And so you're all, like, pumped up to do this thing, but you don't really know what you're – like, you know what you're supposed to do? You just have no idea how to do it, and it just bonds you all together, and you're all, it's all, like, mm-hmm. mutual suffering, kind of. 
So, oh, like, yeah. you would probably say that you and Drew and Jake, like, really bonded because maybe you do, like, some yes. really tough yes. work. Definitely. And it, Definitely. it bonds you permanently. Uh-huh. Oh, like so my my best did. friends, like, Drew Pacel. I got to know him from work because we were basically digging holes with each other, cutting down trees and shit. And it's like, it's shitty, but that's what makes us such good friends is that we just toughened it out and worked together. Yeah. Which, it was very helpful, especially with, like, all my really good, really good friends I met at the country club. And we all just instantly clicked. Where It's like, okay. And my my sister, who wants to join the country club, as I stated earlier, like, she always hears us talking about it. Oh, we're hanging out with our buddies. You know, we're having a good time. But it's like, I'm like, it's not a good time because the work is fun. Trust me, the work is real shitty. Yeah. The fun thing is, is that you're just going through it together with your friends that's what makes it enjoyable so like me and brady today we're put laying sod down and we were just sweating our asses off but we had a great time just because we were both like eating shit together that's basically what we were doing <laughs> yeah like people you know you'll be doing all those missions or whatever i said and you only know their last name mm-hmm. and you'll be screaming at them all day like you do this you do this you do this and then you finally get back to where we're staying at, like the squad bay kind of, if you've ever seen Full Metal Jacket, it's kind of set up like oh, that, yeah. like all those beds, like uh-huh. or racks, like all lined up and, you know, you get a little chance to like mm-hmm. talk to each other and you're like, I don't even know where you're from. I don't know your first name. I'm yep. just sorry that I screamed at you like that. You get and good I, nicknames like you do in Full Metal Jacket? Bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What was your nickname? A lot nickname? of funny things. I didn't have a nickname. Yeah. Well, some people get nicknames and yeah. some people like... I would call it like you get a target painted on you. Mm-hmm. So if you mess up something bad, the instructor, like they, they're just like sharks and like finding Nemo. Yeah. Like they smell blood. Uh-huh. It, like if you start folding or you start oh, like yeah. messing up, like stumbling your words, whatever, or you're known for like being slow. Yeah. You yeah. know, you'll just be a target. They'll right. always go after you. Mm-hmm. Did you see like a private pile there? Like someone who just. Not really. No. So all our like ROTC units pretty, pretty much prepared you really well for this thing and you know some people like it was kind of like idiosyncrasies or like little things they get you and then if you mess up something early at the start where they're really hard on you and uh you're just always that guy yes okay now do you have i gotta ask about this training so do you have you're all trained to be officers do you have like specialized things you're training in as officers or is it like everyone's just an officer not yet not yet so here at this training uh it was all the rotc kids okay so it's all of us that like right after our junior year we go to this thing and you pass it then you become a marine so you earn the title of marine but then you still have to go back to your rotc unit at college so i got to go back to iowa and uh earn my senior you know like earn my degree like finish my senior year and then once i graduate college become a uh, you know, lieutenant, and then then you're in it. Um, so it's like a it's like a proving grounds, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. But nobody, yeah, everyone was pretty much prepared because you have your freshman, sophomore, junior year to prepare. Yeah. Now, after that, do you specialize in something? Oh, yeah. Typically? After, once you graduate college yes. and you do all the, like, rifle training and all those mm-hmm. expensive things. Yes. You know, do you get to choose what you specialize in? Yes. So yes. at the next co- next school that I'll go to is where you really hone in on what you're good at. Uh-huh. And you have all these instructors like looking at you and dissecting what you're good at. 
and you put in a preference list and uh, you say like, you know, for me, I want to be a pilot. So I'm already, Hell yeah. I'm already in that pipeline and the Marine Corps needs pilots really bad because no one really joins the Marine Corps to be a pilot. They want to like stick bayonets in motherfuckers faces. Yeah. 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 And no one like, Oh, I don't want to sit behind a desk and like study stuff and then become a pilot for two years. Like, you know, a lot of people join cause they want to kill and shit. So, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, they've they just been tough with finding pilots. So then, uh, you know, I just decided to sign up for that cause that's what I want, you know, that's cool. So then at that school, um, you'll be taught all these different things and then you'll decide what, what you want to do. And that's the needs of the Marine Corps, what they, what they need. So maybe they need some communications officers, then they'll like take some and, you know, like you didn't want to do it. Maybe it was your fourth choice. Mm-hmm. You're doing it anyway. Yeah. Where are you going to get like this training? Like as soon as you graduate college, like where do they send you to? It'll be in Quantico, Virginia. Okay. That's just where I was at this summer. Okay. But that's for six months, and I was just there for six weeks. Ooh, crazy. Long time, but... That's a long time. It is. Now, once you're done with that training, do you have any idea where you'll be shipped? Yeah, I'll I'll probably go to Pensacola, Florida. So that's where all the flight training is at. That's for, like, two years. So you kind of just get to live it up. Uh, Holy shit. Not not live it up, but, like, study it up big time. And, uh, you know, that's where your career starts. Uh-huh. And then from there, you kind of branch off. Like, it's kind of the same deal where yeah. they find your strengths and weaknesses and then put in a preference list and then what they need. You know, they'll ship you off to jets or ship you off to helicopters or, you know, cargo planes or whatever. Now, like, you said you'll be gone for, like, six months at this and two years at that. Like, how are you going to be sp- – when do you get, like, to come home? Like, when do you get to come home to Stoughton? Is that often at all? So – this year, I'll you know I'll obviously have winter break yeah. as a college student, and then there'll be a couple months after I graduate college before I go to this other like six month school, mm-hmm. and before the next one before flight school, it'll be a couple months, and then in between each little increment of the flight school. So there's like primary, like intermediate, all that. There's like a couple months. That's why I say two mm-hmm. years. Like it's not two straight years. Okay. It's okay. Like a couple months here, a couple months there. Now, be honest. Are you nervous? Are you nervous? No. No, you're not? I was most nervous for this last thing that we did. Okay. What was the last thing you did? Well, it was uh, officer candidate school. Okay, yes. So that's when yes. they weed you out. Okay, yes. You're not nervous at all for the stuff coming not up? Really. I, not I really. I have faith in the people that are te- like teaching me stuff. Yes. And I know that I'm here for the right reason, so uh-huh. I'm kind of just ready. Yeah. You ready to go? Yeah. Ready to get that stuff under your belt? Yeah. And get, get the show on the road? Yep. And I know, you know, because there's people that join for the wrong reasons, like say that they thought it was going to be just like Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. They should be nervous because it's oh, not yeah. like that. It, like, like you're going to be in charge of people and you're going to be trusted with their lives. You uh-huh. know? And yeah. if you think it's going to be great, it, yeah. you know, it might not oh, be. Oh, yes. As a kid who grew up playing like Call of Duty, watching war movies, it's uh, once you listen, like I like listening to Joe Rogan podcasts. You listen to podcasts where he has like veterans on or random marines and all that you once you listen to what they actually do you know it's like they get their like couple like weeks of insanity but then other than that it's like a lot of behind the scenes and just like desk work and random shit like that it's not always you're not always in battle just tearing shit up 24 7 
Yeah, for like every one person, you know, in the military as in general, like maybe every one person that's like behind a rifle, like fighting, there's like 50 others that are like, you know, either supply or somewhere in medical or like somehow transporting, like driving a plane, you know, like as a pilot, maybe as a plane guy or like a plane mechanic or a truck mechanic or a truck driver, yeah. like supporting them. And, you know, right now we're not even in wartime. So, oh, yeah. you know, there's just not even anybody <laughs> with a rifle, like, fighting the enemy. It's just people supporting training. Mm-hmm. Now, are you worried all about at all about wartime coming up anytime soon? Um, No, because, like, the way the Marines, like, I don't know, just for speaking for myself, I don't want to speak for anybody because this is my own opinion. But, uh, you know, you kind of pray for war a little bit because then everything comes to fruition, like our training, but then at the same time you know what comes with that. So obviously it's going to be coming with civilians that are going to die and coming with, like, babies, you know, like Mm -hmm. babies die in every single war. And, you know, it's bad stuff. So you don't, you know, maybe you realize you don't want to pray for that. And, you know, like people sign up out of high school when they're 17. Mm -hmm. You can sign up when you're 17 and they have no way to go to college and then they just sign up for the military. Like, oh yeah, I can go to college this way. And then next thing you know, you're fighting a war and then you die. Yeah. You know, you're not even old enough to have a beer. Like that's, that's just like the bad things that come with it. And crazy. So you don't like, you're kind of nervous for that because as an officer, you're, in charge of those people, you're supposed to lead them and motivate them. Uh-huh. And, you know, you make a bad move like, hey, we're going to move over to this mountain. And you move over to that mountain and kids die. And, like, holy shit. It's your fault. Like, it's <laughs> 100% on you. And Damn. it's so you don't, you know, part of you just like don't want to pray for it. You're like, yeah, we don't need to do this. Uh, the pressure of that doesn't make you nervous. It, it does. It make does. You nervous yes. a little bit. But, um, you can't be nervous, though. You can't show your nervousness. You can't show your pain. Mm-hmm. You can't show, you know, your anything, any emotion besides, like, confidence, you know, because if you're, say, you enlist, and then you look up to this officer, and he's telling you what to do, and he's nervous, or he's, you know, tired, and oh, then yeah. you're like, how am I supposed to listen to you if you're like this? Yeah. You got to listen to someone who's confident, and you're like, you know what? You know, that's what's going to bring you home at the end of the day. You know, like, mm-hmm. you're going to make it home if you believe you can. And then, you know, you're not going to believe you can if you see your leader is, like, faltering. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you miss most about being home? Um, just, like, seeing my, my little brother probably the most because he's funny. I didn't know he had a little brother. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a little shit. How he's old a, is he? He's, like, tw- uh, 11. Okay. Okay, yeah, right in that, right that, li- right that yeah. little shit age. Yeah. <laughs> He's funny. He's yeah. He's eleven. He's um, I don't know. Always has something to say. Uh huh. And then you know, obviously being with my parents, obviously being on the golf course, I miss that a lot. Even missing like the freaking uh, manure smell. Like yeah, the there's bad ones with like like pig shit and horse shit and whatever. That smells bad. Like really bad. Where I don't want to smell it. But like the li- the. I don't know. It's it sounds. I know. I know. For the viewers, it probably sounds horrible, but like smelling, it smells like Wisconsin. That Wisconsin yeah. smell. Oh yeah. I, I look forward. I looked forward to that, mm-hmm. and then I smelled. It, I was like, I'm home, and I'm like, okay, I don't need any more. 
gonna miss like Culver's. Yeah, I right. miss Culver's a little bit. Yeah, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Yeah, I'm big on Taco Bell. You're yeah. big on the Stoughton Taco Bell. Mm. In general, it's all the same pretty yeah. much. I've Stoughton Taco I've Bell. Ne- I can't say I've ever had Taco Bell. It's oh, what? It's so good. <laughs> I've never had it. It's great. And just skipped out Taco Bell. Gordita, cheesy gordita crunch. Oh man! And you get the little on the value menu, <sighs> like this uh, chipotle chicken cheese melt, a dollar. It's good stuff. <laughs> Whenever Culver's is too expensive. It you is. Know, exp- it is, it is I'll, expensive. I'll like it every now and then, but uh-huh. Taco Bell, telling you, that KFC. T- Taco Bell in Stoughton for some reason. I was I it really is get the, shady. It is shady. Like I went there to get KFC last week and whenever you pull up they go, Hey, can I get this? And they go, Uh we're out of that. Yeah. Uh I can do this though. And you're like, Fine, fuck it. I don't know if I'll get KFC from there. No. I'm sure they have a lot of Taco Bell. Yeah. They have no problem with the Taco Bell. The KFC though is all fucked up. Yeah. KFC part. I don't even know how that works. If you just sign up for both and you learn something on either yeah. side or what? Yeah. It's it's been there forever. It has. Yes, it definitely has. And I remember going, I went there all the time in high school with a group of friends. And oh, yeah, another one to add to the pile. Hell yeah. Stack them up. A few. Stack them up. Fill that thing up. <laughs> it's always funny when I'm cleaning up the studio the day after I record. I'm like, oh, shit. Look at all this stuff piled everywhere. <laughs> Dump it out. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, a few, the new things that are coming, like, Dunkin' Donuts, like, I never appreciated that when it was coming in, but then I went to college, and then I had it a little, you yeah. know, a couple times, and yeah. I was like, wow, this stuff is great. It is. It is? You're a big coffee guy? Yeah. Big coffee guy? Yeah. Oh. Lots of coffee? Never had iced coffee before, and then okay. I had it at college. No, the caramel uh-huh. iced coffee, if you get that, uh-huh. phenomenal. I got to say, if you go away for a while, come back, Starbucks probably be built in town. Yeah. You Heard excited for that? that? Um, I've never had Starbucks that yeah. much because it's just so expensive. Oh, yeah. I've only had it twice. Twice. I'm not a big coffee guy. I'm more of a soda guy. Soda? Okay. Yeah. What do you have in the morning, like, before you go to work? I have nothing before I go to work. <laughs> nothing. There's raw dog? <laughs> yes. That lunch, that mid... That 12 o'clock lunch, though, I just fill up. Like, Soda? Mm-hmm. Caffeine? Caffeine. And then for a long, for years, my go-to would be clock out for lunch. I run here, and then I heat up chicken nuggets. That was my go-to, chicken nuggets. 15 chicken nuggets. Got to be Tyson. Tyson chicken nuggets. Heat up 15 of those. Have that with a Mountain Dew. That was my go-to lunch. And then every Tuesday, you have two slices, of course. You drive all the way to Yeti's? Of course. Oh. Of course. Yes. Every every Tuesday, you can catch the Country Club grounds crew at Yeti's. The entire grounds crew, pretty much. We're over there. Cool. Yeah. That's what we you, do. Like, a lot of people, like I said, like, they kind of skip it or put it on later or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, there's also, like, a Chinese place nearby that we go to a lot. And... Uh, uh, um, we'll order like Domino's like for the whole crew every now and then. Oh yeah. And then even some like um, some of the golfers like will bring home like or bring, not bring home but like from home they'll bring this like these like ribs or like pulled <sighs> pulled whatever oh for the my. whole crew. Oh my! It's great. And the best thing is when I show up to work and I see 
two dozen Fostel donuts yeah. sitting there. Fostels is the best. I tell you. We got some people from Stone and they'll bring that sometimes. Holy it's shit. Great. Uh, members sometimes drop them off yeah. at the country club. It's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Now, nine minutes. <laughs> nine, nine minutes mi- till the record if you've been listening all the way. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. Yes. If you've listened all the way, thank you. Thank you. Listen for pretty much three hours of just us talking about random shit. You're part of the history huh? right now. Yeah. And like I say, I say it almost all the time, but you kind of black out when you're recording. I don't, I don't remember what we were talking about two hours ago. No, either. I no, remember the golf stuff and then yeah, I really golf, <laughs> st- golf stuff, military stuff. Who knows? I don't gonna. I don't fucking remember at all. The time flies by. It does. Yeah, three hours. Give me a three-hour job at work. I'm like, yeah, fucking kill me. Yeah. Now we're talking this. Well, studio. that flies by. Like the morning job flies by. Mm-hmm. The morning job flies by. The afternoon job makes me want to die. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a poem right there. It's yeah. a poem right there. <laughs> it's a, it's a haiku. Morning job flies by. Afternoons make me want to die. <laughs> you should start like using this equipment to record like some rap. Oh, dear God! Just, just call it, like Stone Country Club EP. Oh God! That <laughs> morning job flies by. Afternoons Afternoon. make me want to die. <laughs> that would be great. You, you put the baby in for his money. Oh God. Very <laughs> oh few people know what you're saying, but yeah, yeah, I get I get harassed all the time. Like, oh, what are you doing, Jake? What are you doing? You left college, and now you recorded a podcast, and you went to rap. What are you doing? <laughs> you, you went off the tracks. God damn it! <laughs> Seven minutes. <laughs> all right, we're off the military stuff now. Now, I gotta ask: Do you party hard with uh, Brock? Jake and Alec. Yeah, I'd say we go pretty hard. Go pretty hard. You go to group to hang out with. Yeah. 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 If you, uh, you know, show up anytime, we'll uh-huh. we'll let her rip. Yeah, I think they all enjoyed being on the show. Mm-hmm. I think they all did. I, I, th- I think so. Like I hit up Brock and I asked, like, "What'd you do ahead of time?" He's like, "I don't know. Just show up and uh, make sure you have a ride home because like he'll want to drink a lot during it." Because I think he said that he like. Like, yeah, I don't know. He had to figure it out some other way. And uh, Yeah. Once you come in the studio, you drink more than you think yeah. you would. Like, like, I'll have one or two, maybe three. And then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm six deep. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And you're on a microphone. You're like, oh, my God. But that's yeah. how it goes. So I always say, get a ride. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, you're coming on the podcast, get a ride. It just makes it so much more enjoyable when you have things figured out and you don't have to worry about getting home. That's the number one thing. Yeah, when, when we're all together, though, like all the crew will, you know, let it rip. And but we all know our limit, I'd mm-hmm. say, like we're all like mature in that way. So mm-hmm. nothing crazy bad happens. Like we don't have to worry about each other. Oh, yeah. That that whole friend group, Brock, Jake, Alec, I never met any of them until they were on the show. Mm-hmm. I never knew any of them. So like I remember back then I had uh, had a guest cancel on me in a very rude and short-term way and she was banned from the show but i recently had her back on which that episode comes out a week from this friday had her back on but she had canceled on me last second when i had no episodes stashed up so i was like okay my goal was since the beginning of the year an episode every week so like a guest canceled on me and i was like oh shit now i have no episode and then that exact day jack sanford 
bless his soul. He saved me so much work. He snapped me pretty much that exact day and was like, hey, Brock and I are in town. We want to record. And I was like, fuck yes. They came over, recorded an amazing episode. And I remember Brock, as soon as I we finished the episode, took off the headphones, and he was like, that was amazing. <laughs> and then he reached out, and he's like, oh, I'll bring Jake. And he brought Jake. What the fuck is going on upstairs? Like a fucking stampede of bulls going on up there. The fuck. And then Jake came. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, sir. Don't worry. I'll keep talking. But so (laughs) Jake came on the show and we were having an amazing time. And all of a sudden I had this new uh, option to call people on the show. And we called Alec. Alec Tomchak. And he added some great stories, and we talked for about 20 minutes, and it was amazing. And now we got Joe Lapine on, and oh my, we finished most of that friend group. And if you're in that friend group, and I don't know about you, because obviously, don't know anything, pretty much in that friend group. But if you're in that friend group, and you want to come on the show, fuck yeah, come on the show. I got to hear your stories, because that whole group, you're all fucking hilarious. I'm assuming that... You know, since they're good friends, I'm assuming like Brock, maybe Jake, possibly Alec are listening right now. And hell yeah, you guys were amazing guests. Definitely going to have you on the show again. Also Jack, Jack come out, came on with Brock. You guys will definitely make be making a second appearance. That is for sure. 100% confirmed. Now... Three minutes left. We had the longest episode ever. The first episode to ever reach over three hours. Of course, we did have the Drew Dawson episode get over three hours with the raw audio. But of course, I had edited out about 20 minutes of that. So it cut down less than two hours. Sir, three minutes. Less than three minutes. And you will hit the longest episode ever. Let's go. Hell yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I live in Stoughton if you want my autograph for the greatest. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I won't say greatest. The longest um, podcast ever on Code 1030. Hell yeah. Now, I will say that the Drew Dawson episode was the raw audio was longer than three hours, but I had to edit out about 20 minutes of that. <laughs> so the, the audio cut down to less to just less than three hours. So like your official audio on like the Spotify, Apple podcast thing will be over three. Hell yeah. In two minutes. I'm so proud. So proud. So proud. As long as you don't hit me up and be like, yo, maybe you should add out all that military stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I, I nah. think I said pretty good stuff. Yeah, you said very good stuff. No, no, you said nothing controversial yet. <laughs> you haven't called out any groups of people no. ever. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's what Drew did all the time. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> what would you say was like your most memorable memorable moments with like that squad to hang out with, that Jake, uh, so, Brock, Alec? Um. There's a there's so many oh, yeah. and there's more to come, but oh yeah, one that I was thinking of was uh, so me and Brock and Aaron one time were, um, we were fishing and we were on this pier. One of our buddies, uh, this is cabin, and we were up there, and one of our friends, or Aaron, decides to take a poop. Okay, and he, <laughs> does, he doesn't want to go up to the bathroom, and you know, obviously, there's like the. You know, we're all on the pier, and then from the end, edge of the pier, from the, um, you know, land side, there's a, a huge staircase, you know, back up to the house. He didn't want to climb that. He just pooped, you know, right at the base of that. Okay. 
right by the shoreline. And we were all geeking, like laughing so hard. <laughs> like, we can't believe you just did that. Like, we just watched him do it. And then he pulled up his trousers and that was it. And then we all, like, came, we all, like, walked over, like, we can't believe you just did that. And then, like, as we were all, like, walking towards shore, the the pier starts to fall apart. Like, we, what? me and Brock and Aaron and, you know, it, like, loses yep. balance. And all of a sudden, it, like, Joss, like, moves, like, crazy. And then I'm, like, toward, I'm most towards the lake. And I, like, move, like, I run back towards that way. And Aaron jumps towards the, the like, little, the land and, like, the little staircase. And Brock is stuck in the middle of the part that's, like, breaking. He falls back. Like, he's just, like, I remember his, <laughs> his arms waving in uh, three hours. And, uh... <laughs> He, his arms are waving. He's on the part that's breaking off of the pier, and he falls straight back off the pier and into some rocks and some water right by where Aaron shitted. And <laughs> he's just, I remember, like, from the pier that was still standing, I was, like, kind of isolated now because, you know, the, the part of the pier that was in between mm-hmm. me and the shore was gone. And I was looking down, and he was just flat on his back with his arms up, and he had this like grimace on his face. He's just like, <laughs> and he landed straight on some rocks, like right on his back. It was a funny thing. And then his dad walks down and he's like, it smells like, it smells like human shit. <laughs> and he sees Brock like, how did you fall down? Like, did you shit yourself? And oh, it was the funniest. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. And then uh, for the next couple hours, we just put the pier back together. As you said, in the middle of that story, Sir, congratulations. Congratulations, sir. You've hit the three-hour mark. Let's go. Let's go. Congratulations. You're the the second person to hit the three-hour mark, but you are the first person to have the raw audio be over three hours. Raw. Raw. If only it's Monday. It could be Monday Night Raw, but it's Thursday. It's it's Thursday right now, and this will come on on a Friday, so no help there. Congratulations, sir. This is the longest episode. One going to be the longest episode I'll probably ever record for a long time. So, congrats! That's a challenge. Thank you. Yeah, you set the record. Now, everyone listening, if you come on the show, if you can talk for over three hours, woohoo! I'll gladly do it because mm-hmm. not forced. Not this forced. Does not feel forced either. No, it's weird to think we've been talking for three hours. Because mm-hmm. if you were to try to talk to some random stranger for three hours, it just it just wouldn't work. No, it just would not work. Now, you remember your first time drinking? Yeah, um, it was after I was 21. Um, you didn't start drinking until you were 21? Um, yes. Yes? That's surprising. Uh, well, Nowadays. I'm just saying, you know, you know, kind of, you know, some people say that just because they want to save their butt later mm-hmm. on if someone hears it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go along with that, too. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, okay, so just take what I'm saying in stride. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I remember like on a canoe trip, and people are like, you know, with my family, and people are passing around this like bottle of whiskey, and uh, you know, just take a swig, and okay, that was the first time. Probably I don't know how old I was, you know, probably way younger than twenty one, but you know, my parents served me, so that's legal in Wisconsin, and uh, yeah, just let it rip, and mm-hmm. 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 I just want people to know that. I was after the age of 21. Yes. Wink, wink. Wink, 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 wink. 
Yes, he was old enough to consume the alcohol. For all the um, people that are um, out to get me. Nah, I was over the edge. Nah, I, I haven't been got yet. <laughs> and I'm I'm doing okay. Yeah. So I mean, if they knew everything that I did, then they would get me. But for now, since this is being posted. Uh-huh. And if you're listening over three hours, you're a true fan. <laughs> yeah, a true fan. <laughs> you like listen if you're from the FBI trying to get me. You haven't got me yet. I'm not admitting to it. So. Yeah, that's all. Now, another part of that resume you sent me, we are setting up this episode. You said you were into metal. Yes. Big in metal. As I can tell from your Metallica shirt yep. that you wore to this recording session. All right. I will say that I do like metal, but I guarantee I don't like it anywhere on your level. I will say that I was in my playlist that I make, I was intertwined like the the metal with the rap and the hip hop. I'm, I'm just, I'd say more I'm into rap and hip hop than I am, than I am metal. <laughs> and I only got into metal probably like two or three years ago. But I got to hear what's like your taste? What's your taste? Let's rattle off like who do you like? Who do okay. you listen to? So when I started, so I was like 12, I remember being in my dad's truck and we'd be listening to like Alice in Chains, Nirvana. So like more like mm-hmm. his generation, like the grunge mm-hmm. of like the 90s. Um, so, you know, obviously a lot of like smells you know, like team spirit and, yep. you know, the roost, you know, rooster, like, yep. Come to get the rooster or something. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And so that, that's how I started. And he would listen to a lot of like Pantera and Metallica. So like, you know, graduated into like thrash metal. So I'd kind of listen to a lot of that, um, just in the car and, and then once I got into like middle school and high school, I got like, you know, those that testosterone a little bit and I'd listen to it a little bit and I'd be like, Let's go. Like that gets yeah. me in the mood. Like I'm oh, pumped. Yeah. I'm pumped right now. And I'd listen to all that stuff that I was already into. And then from there I kinda learned about like my own new thing. Like I'd like kinda move on to different, you know, bands that I've never heard of uh-huh. and stuff like that. And now I'm into like some hardcore stuff. Yes. Well, like the actual, like I wouldn't like, so it goes like hardcore. It's kind of this actual like name for it. Uh-huh. So like people would name things like, oh, that's hardcore, man, or that's you know, this is actually like a name. Yes. So bands like Knocked Loose and uh, bands like Hatebreed and bands like Kublai Khan, those are the big ones I'm into right now. So they're like the big, you know, like the sound you'd hear is like crazy heavy. And then the lyrics are kind of out of your mind. Like, you don't really know what they're saying. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, go through, you know, different phases. Like, uh-huh. like Corn and Limp Bizkit are kind of rap oh, and yeah. metal at the same time. Yeah. And Slipknot a little bit. I'm. That's what I got started on. I've always been listening to Slipknot. Yeah. That's what I've been big into recently. I'm All huge Slipknot. into them. I'm going to see them in Iowa in September 25th. If you want to come That's down. the best place to see them is yeah. Iowa. Yeah. I got some you, buddies coming you down lucky, from Stone. You lucky man. You lucky man seeing Slipknot in Iowa. You, That's the best. You can come stay at my place if you want to come Jesus. see them. They got a big fest going on. Them, Lamb of God, Medi- uh, Megadeth, um, Vended, who's like two, son, or two sons of the guys in Slipknot. They're, they made a band. They're coming. And Gojira, um, Trivium, freaking... Uh, there's one rapper that's coming. I forget his name. Tech Nine. He's coming. Ooh. 
It's a big fest. It, you can yeah. come oh if my, you want. Oh my you god! Got time. Oh my god! Yeah. All I will say is that if you're, if I was gonna see Slipknot anywhere, I'd see him in Iowa. That whole, that whole fucking album is called Iowa. Yeah. And they'll play the whole band, uh, the whole album, probably. I guarantee, guarantee that one. That was crazy, <laughs> crazy. And then, like, I've never even been to a concert before. Really? Ever? Like, I think it's mostly because me and my entire family have such different tastes in music. You'll never see any of my parents or siblings listen to anything like Slipknot, mm-hmm. or even like my rap tastes. They don't listen to any of that. Oh. Not at all. They're being the like country, and my sister's like Harry Styles. And my, that stuff. My brother is in, into Metallica. Hell yeah! Which that's how I started, and then like I'd say they're my favorite. I don't know if I'd say they're my favorite band of all time, but like I know every single song they've ever released. Mm-hmm. And but if you would like ask me to like name like ten bands that I want to see in concert, like they would be like twenty, mm-hmm. just because I yeah. you know I, there's so many I'd rather see. And what concerts have you been to? I've been to uh, Metallica, which I saw in Sweden. That was a blast. You saw it in Sweden? Yeah. So I was in Copenhagen, um, Denmark, and with my family, like, searching up our history and stuff. Uh-huh. And then I saw they had a concert, and so I was like, fuck, I'm going. And I took a train and went some. That was, like, the blast of my life because at the time I was only 19, and, you know, they're – you know, you can buy as much alcohol as you want when you're 18. Mm-hmm. And I was there by myself, so I did it. And uh, that was like, I was in the front row, well, very, very close to the front row. Damn. And all these guys that were like way older than me, they're like giving me dip and all this stuff. Holy shit. And, and they were spoken, like speaking some different like, <laughs> kind of language. They like brought it out the tin. They're like, and I was like, yeah. I was like so pumped up. So Metallica was a big one that. That was probably the highlight, and then I saw Corn, and there I I love them so much. Ooh, I've only heard a handful of Corn songs. They're they're so different. Yeah, it's just like a just a crazy I've just, I've just only heard like the hits, like yeah. Freak on a Leash, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they just got like a fu attitude to the uh-huh. whole, even like the metal community. Like they're so different, and then uh, I've also seen like Godsmack. They're good hard rock and. You know, all the supporting people that were from there. So, like, Hailstorm and um, Ghost, quite a few others. And then, like, a Pantera cover band I saw, too. They're pretty heavy. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Now, if you could spend time with one metal group for a whole day, Hmm. which one would you choose? Mm, I would probably choose... Probably Slipknot, just because oh, they're, yeah. they got they're so div- like they have nine people yeah. in their whole band. Yeah, and like normally like metal groups are like four to five. They have freaking nine, and <laughs> they've stuck together this long. They're so successful. Um, they're all from like the Midwest. Oh, I yeah. feel like I, I'd be able to get along with them really well for sure. Now, if you were in a band, would you be like a? be vocals would you be guitar would you be drums bass what would you be i would want to be vocals just because like you're the center of attention oh yeah you you like set the vibe for everybody so i'd feel like i'd be so into the music that i'd i'd get the crowd just going and you know we'd hit like our hit song and oh yeah the breakdown and i'd just be screaming and like thrashing everywhere and the the you know the audience would just be up in arms like scream (laughs) 
Mm -hmm. There'd be a pit. I don't know. I just feel like you control a lot of it, and I'd be all all about it. Oh, yeah. For sure. Now, with that, that does bring me to my last question for you, sir. My last question. We've made it over three hours. That's longer than anyone has ever made it. Guinness World Record. Guinness World Record. But my last question is the same question, last que- same last question I have for every guest. Where do you see yourself in 10 years if everything goes according to plan? If it goes according to plan, I'll definitely have a family, maybe a couple kids, and then uh, probably working as a pilot and having maybe a ranch on the side, which would be great. Oh, yeah. Either in... Colorado, maybe Wisconsin, maybe Montana, away from everybody. Or, Cal- you know, Northern California. You never know, you know. Who knows? Having, like, a small ranch with a bunch of animals, some kids, and I still have a job that's, like, uh-huh. supplying us. Oh, yeah. That'd be where I want to be. Hell, yeah. That's not, a- not slaving away. You yep. know, I don't want to be working that hard <laughs> that, you know, in 10 years. I'd rather get it all out of the way and set myself uh-huh. up good. Well, sir. I hope you enjoyed your time on this show. <laughs> it was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, you have the longest episode, and that will probably remain for quite a bit of time. All right? Drew, I'm calling you out. It's, you won't beat it. Yeah, you won't beat it. You won't. Dare you. I dare you, sir. <laughs> He'll try. Believe me. One of these times, I'll I get him. I will get him on, and he will just talk for <laughs> fucking five hours. And I'll be sitting here like just black out and he'll be like, yeah, so there's one time I did this and one time I did that. And then, I'll, oh. then you like and write then I, down his own notes like, okay, uh-huh. I, I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh-huh. I hope it lived up to your expectations, sir. All right. Oh, you did. I, I hope so. Well, I'm going to end this show and we'll go take a quick picture for the, the Instagram. We'll get you out of here. All right. All right. Sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode... Number 37. I always forget what fucking episode number it is. Episode number 37. Thank you for coming. This is Code 1030. We are out.